happen in crypto land. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Crypto podcast. We are in season two, and this is episode 22. So in this episode, we end up doing a lightning roundtable, which kind of had a funny beginning to it, because as I end up explaining during or at the beginning of it, I was only expecting to interview, you know, maybe two or three people and just kind of have a small discussion. And uh, what happened was, was that uh, Rootsall, who's the main contributor to the Raspi Blitz project, uh, went and invited a whole bunch of different people from all the different that, that essentially write all these different pieces and that are contributing to this project. So it ended up turning out to be this amazing roundtable of 10 people that all contribute to the uh, the Raspi Blitz project in some way. And um, anyways, it's really incredible. We end up talking about the Raspi Blitz as well. We have Staticus 3000 from the Raspi Bolt who is talking to us about uh, this uh, this new product they're working on called the Bitbox. So anyways, it, we end up talking about a whole bunch of different things. I'm going to give everybody's Twitter information in the show notes at the end. And I just want to give a little introduction to who's going to actually be on. So we're going to have Staticus 3000, Rootsall, OpenNoms, uh, Crypto Cloaks, uh, Salby K, Fluid Voice, Frankie, BTC Socialist, and Rumi75. Everybody contributes in, uh, you know, in, in some way. And um, yeah, everybody's going to give their stories and how they contribute. And it was a, it's actually my longest episode, two and a half hours long. So it's really incredible. We end up touching on so many different parts of Lightning, and I'm really glad to share this with you. I, I, hope it's a, uh, I hope it's educational, and I hope it's also fun. Without further ado, let's get started. Guys, I want to thank everybody for joining, especially on such short notice. Um, as I explained earlier in this, uh, at the beginning of this uh, podcast, I, um, I, I really only planned on interviewing a couple of people, and it just totally blew up into this fantastic roundtable of i to me the you know the the who is who of of lightning and the lightning in terms of um the hardware uh the dev space for that and essentially building you know the the future of of the lightning network in terms of retail adoption and possibly even commercial adoption so i thank you all very much for taking the time to to be here i know everybody here contributes in in different ways so um, we've got a lot of people here from, you know, from the Lightning space and from Bitcoin. So I'm going to get started with the introductions because we've got at least 10 of you guys. So here we go. I'm going to start off uh, from, left to, uh, from left to right just to make it easier on myself. So uh, we're going to start off with OpenNOMS. OpenNOMS, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, if you could just share a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, about yourself and, uh, you know, your story. How, how, are, how are you here? Go ahead, right, OpenNOMS. So first of all, I'm very Yes, I, I never, never met any of you in real life. So, you know, this is kind of first time. So uh, thank you. Um, so, well, um, you know, first of all, yes, I got, got into, you know, started to hear about Bitcoin in like 2013, but then got into it about two years ago, started with some, you know, good old mining, setting up GPU rigs and everything. I, lo I loved hardware all my life. So uh, that was kind of the entry. And then, you know, as I learned, as, as everyone does, you know, came came to me that uh, is that is Bitcoin, which is the only, you know, chance to become money. So, you know, that dove deeper into that. and. Um, started to learn a bit more my day job I'm um, yeah, actually I'm a, I'm a doctor in the meat space so 
uh, recently just changed to a job where I was uh, I had more free time, so that that was a good good thing because um, could attend much more to my hobbies. So I think it was last September when I've ended up um, buying uh, a Raspberry Pi and first of all started to build a Raspberry boot with uh, you know the excellent Stadikus guide, and then. Shortly after, I've discovered the Raspberry Blitz and you know some more hardware, getting a getting a display up, and then uh, then I was attending some uh, boot camps like the video boot camps of uh, of Justin Moon and a um, couple more online learning resources, and uh, you know got into coding a bit, and I just you know find it so uh, fulfilling to have. A, projects such open and uh, uh, something which you can contribute to and really build a, build a community and just uh, it's a way of learning for me and I think it's it's so for a lot of people we can who we can help a lot so you know I just I just uh, happy to be able to participate in it that's amazing and uh, I, I noticed behind you you've got a lightning node running on okay, one side uh, audio uh, just maybe I, I will I will get an ask. So so when I see you contributing on the Raspberry Blitz project, uh, you experiment a lot with with different hardware. So uh, what is why are you doing this, and why do you see it's important to to port the Raspberry Blitz uh, to something else than the Raspberry Pi? Right. Yes. Um, so as I came into you know running a, running a full node and. Well, that was one thing, but then running a lightning node on top, I came into, as I said, I came into the recipe world and entered the recipe place, which is kind of based on the same infrastructure. And as I perceive it, it's, you know, it has become a kind of uh, an industry standard. So, you know, a lot of people use these, use this setup or, or, or very similar or starting off and, 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 you know, ending up with, with, with something compatible. And I thought, well, I'm not. I understand that you know the Raspberry Pi is the you know the cheapest. It's like the minimum, which we need to have to to do this. But you know, I like to I like to do some payment routing. I like to do I like to run a like an electron server. You know, even serving my friends' requests through it. Whoever trusts me, you know, can you know connect to it. Uh, same with the Lightning channels, um, and for that. I need, you know, better hardware. I mean, you know, more powerful hardware. And even, you know, even I think maybe having some old PCs or like uh, uh, a laptop and just having, you know, the rest of the as an operating system on it, kind of. So it's, it's a dedicated machine. And because it needs to be always on for the current state of lightning and to, you know, if, if, if more people are using it for sure. And um, yeah, um, also also found the other thing, the, the Thundroid, which is based on the, the Oldroid HT1, which is again the same kind of same architecture as the as the Raspberry Boot, and you know went down the rabbit hole of, of you know buying a couple of these things. You might see you know some of them running <laughs> here in the background. So yeah. Okay. Cool. That, that's awesome. Thank you very much for explaining that. Um, okay. a, yeah, thanks for the question. <laughs> We're going to... Uh, I think the, the, the mic is still switched up, uh, uh, off at Coincarious. Oh, 
I'm very sorry about that. I, I had it on like double mute. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyways, um, thank you very much for that, Open Noms. Um, uh, actually, we're just going to move on to uh, Fluid Voice. If you could possibly do an, uh, an introduction about yourself, please, and just explain how you got into this space and uh, what you contribute to the, uh, the Lightning Node project. Oh, Fluid Voice might be muted. Okay, we can, uh, we can maybe come back to Fluid Voice and uh, maybe we'll go to uh, BTC Socialist, okay? Yeah, and, no, well, that's cool. Um, uh, yeah, we can we come back to Fluid Voice. I'll, 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 I don't mind taking it now. Um, so, hi, yep, yeah, uh, BTC Socialist fan. Um, I, I didn't, my first uh, Bitcoin sort of conference event I went to was, was the Lightning Hack Day in Berlin. And I felt so lucky. It was that first Lightning Hack Day, uh, which they had. I felt so lucky. Well, I mean, I've been to a few couple of local things, but nothing, you know, substantial. And I felt so lucky to have been in, in, in within such a, a small room of people. Um, and I, I was completely out of place. Like, I didn't deserve to be there at all. So there were some of the brightest minds in Bitcoin. Um, and there was this real sort of kind of crazy excitement uh, around around uh, Lightning and um, uh, and what, what was being developed on it. We had, like, um, uh, Roast Beef was there and... Uh, Christian and, and Fulmo and Redmi Ataki and there was just all these sort of in, interesting and Staticus as well was there. Um, all these interesting minds in the room and uh, it was um, it was very inspiring. So um, I kind of thought, well, where can I contribute? Uh, um, I used to be a teacher, so I, I thought well, maybe I could do some tutorially things and and try and help people that way. Um, I really like very 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 cheap hardware. Uh, my idea being that um, that you know the cheaper the hardware, the the more accessible it is is to people, um, and uh, I, I I I'm kind of of the impression with say like Internet of Things for example, um, it needs to be something which is user led as opposed to controlled by organisations or corporations and government. So um, my idea was to try and encourage people to start building sort of IoT type devices. Um, and then getting those to because uh, obviously with Lightning Network we've got micro payments and we can do very small payments cheaply and quickly. Um, so the idea was to, to try and encourage people to like retrofit devices and start building devices which could start sending lightning payments or you know, generating uh, a lightning invoice. So um, my platform, which I've kind of concentrated on, is this little ESP32, and they're like you know you can get them like you know three four dollars um, uh, uh, or, or like you know maybe five dollars um, on, on on eBay, and then from that I, I built all sorts of stuff. So I built like you know, so when I went to that first lightning um, hack day, uh, those people who made sweet machines and they had kind of a full loading and running in the sweet machine. And I kind of thought, well, that to me, like the sweet machine should be a slave device. I know it's just more of an experiment, but the, the, the sweet machine should be a slave device. And then you'd have your, your node, you know, and secure in a back office somewhere with all your nice um, uh, balanced channels and so on. Um, so I made kind of a sweet machine, which uses the SP32 and it works just like a slave device. Um, and then uh, from that, I then just kind of like added a keypad and then created this like little point of sale terminal, which I call the flux capacitor. And then um, then I, I kind of expanded that a little bit and started playing around with different screens. Um, so this has got like a really substantial battery and then it's kind of got a backlit screen, which is pretty cool. I'm working on one at the moment, which is, so a lot of these use um, OpenNode, which is a really good uh, sort of um, custodian service where um, it concatenates lightning transactions and outputs to a mainnet address. So that my idea being like, how can I get my local coffee shop to accept Bitcoin without having to run nodes and all that sort of stuff and confusing him too much. Um, but I'm building one for room 77, which is um, uh, uh, this, this communicates directly, you know, to the, to the, to the Raspberry Blitz. Um, and then I experimented with like some NFC. So I made an NFC um, 
did an NFC payment over over Lightning, and then just been playing around with mesh networks. In fact, I, I'll do. I don't want to take up too much time because I know that we got a lot of people to get through. Um, but I'll do. Um, I'll see if I can do like a quick uh, screen share um, of. Let me see if this works. Uh, hopefully, everyone can see this. Um, can everyone see this? We can get a thumbs up. Right there. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so uh, if you go to the World Crypto Network and you go to playlists, the World Crypto Network on, on YouTube, um, I've done a whole bunch of playlists, uh, a whole bunch of videos experimenting with this like little tiny cheap module and then what it's capable of doing. Um, I had uh, Adam on and he, he he's developed this thing called the Splooney and that was the, the, the SP32 being used directly with a, a node as opposed to, you know, OpenNodes API or um, uh, Strike, Async Strike. I was using that for a while too. Um, and then uh, um, I've also got a, a, an interview with um, Christian on there as well about the Raspberry Blitz. And then recently I've been experimenting with mesh networks. I've got a whole load of uh, other tutorials to do, uh, which I'm in the process of making. But um, obviously with you know all this sort of hacking stuff, it, it takes quite a, it takes quite a while to build these things. Um, um, so yeah, um, so that's about it really. So I'm I'm, I'm interested and excited about uh, Lightning Network's ability to be able to send value through Internet of Things, but I want that to be controlled by users. Um, and I want, because, uh, you know, like, I'm not a, 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 a sort of electronic specialist or a, a programmer or anything, you know, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a woodwork teacher, essentially, that's how I started out. So, um, and I was able to kind of get my head around this and start building things. So it's accessible, it's easy. There's loads of support out there and loads of like, you know, tutorials and videos and, and forums to help you with this sort of stuff. So um, I'm just kind of excited, kind of pushing, um, Kind of slave devices and the ability to retrofit things like vending machines or arcades or um, um, old devices, be able to retrofit them with something which can send and receive Lightning Bitcoin transactions over over Lightning Network. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, go on, on the World Crypto Network on the playlists and, and have a look at the videos. If not, then you know go on Twitter and, and look at BTC Socialist and you know have a chat with me if you want on there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I I want to highlight what I like about the work that, that is banned is contributing is once I really the flux capacitor as a really very very cheap do-it-yourself uh, point-of-sale terminal that really solves the problem that when you're at the coffee shop you don't want to run the Raspberry Blitz there even for security reason because if somebody breaks in and steals the thing you lose your funds so what you can do really is you can have this your Raspberry Blitz at home your note you're running it in a safe environment and then you put really just this cheap device that costs about 15 euros or dollars or something uh, at the at the table or at the coffee shop and and people can just create invoices uh, and monitor it but not spend stuff so so this is a thing this is just a good example how you can really combine the power of running your own infrastructure but having kind of safe uh, safe slave devices that are tied to your infrastructure at your location. So this is really what I like and all the work that Ben is doing with us. Uh, and I think it's good uh, that, he's, that he's experimenting there because that's stuff that you can build and connect to your node. So this is the kind hacker projects that's really cool to see because they're very physical and people like physical stuff. So that's good. Yeah, and, and, um, and as well, you know, you look at, look at um, uh, you know, traditional um, uh, in infrastructure, you know, so look at traditional payments and, uh, you know, you. I think as Bitcoiners, we're very technical, so we assume that you know shops are just going to use their mobile phones and and have you know um, uh, uh, point of sale terminals on mobile phones. But the reality is that you know a shop owner has a point of sale, you know, a custom built point of sale terminal for for taking um, um, payments. So that, that's the sort of legacy system we've got now, and that's the system which 
you know, it's a low powered device. You just pick it up, you do, 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 and then, you know, you take a payment. And um, so, so I, I kind of thought that, you know, rather than using expensive or, or you know, or mobile phones, then it, it kind of makes sense to actually sort of try and mimic. That's why I started looking at NFC, try and um, sort of mimic the, the current payment structure and then have Lightning, you know, have Bitcoin um, uh, uh, be able to be able to just uh, replicate it. Um, um, but yeah, as, as Christian says, it's all about security as well. Like you can have that, you can have that Lightning node, you know, securely, not even on premises, securely locked away somewhere, nice and safe. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, someone's not just going to pick it up and walk out with the thing. So, yeah, it, it's really amazing. I did not know that that's what you were doing. So that that's really cool stuff. Um, and of course, I love the name being a child of the 80s. So, you know, having to do with Back to the Future. But uh, OK, let me uh, let me see if we can get the uh, fluid voice. Is, uh, is, your, is your mic working now? Uh, I don't know. We might not. Uh... I don't know if somebody else can hear him, but I, I I can't hear him. No. Okay, sorry, fluid voice. We're we're gonna we're gonna get back to you, but uh, we're gonna move on to uh, to Rootsall. If uh, if you could please um, if you could please give maybe a little bit of your uh, you know your backstory and and of course you know as to me anyways I, I don't know who created the Raspy Blitz with you, but I you know to me I associate that device with you. So please. Tell me about it and uh, how you got into taking on this task because I just don't see it as being easy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, so yes, I am. I think I am the lead developer on the project, so so to say. Um, and it all started at the hack days we were doing in in Berlin. It was uh, last year. Um, it was uh, after the kind of price hype we were seeing in Bitcoin, and we were really seeing that the blockchain was full. And we had really the pain of, of searching for a, for a scaling solution. And Lightning Network or Lightning, the idea was around and people were working on it. And But then we were hearing more and more that it's getting really something you can use. We were seeing the first prototype uh, of Beta with a small button where you can pay at the uh, Chaos Communication Congress. And we were saying, come on, let's. this seems to get real now. Um, let's let's investigate how far we can push this this technology. And, and then we did the hack days in, in Berlin, small events where we just were interested to gather the community together to really explore together, exchange on, on the topic. And and very quickly it was clear we need we need practice on this and building your own node was was kind of the way to go, and we wanted to start small so the idea was to that let's build something on a Raspberry Pi and there was finding the the uh, tutorial from Steadicurs how do you build your Lightning node on a Raspberry Pi and we were trying this on the first hack day with people, um, and very quickly kind of seeing. It's a good tutorial, but it takes time because it's very it's, it's a manual tutorial where you have to go through step by step, do all the stuff manual on your Linux uh, command line. And this has taken a little bit too much time to do it in a kind of event, in a kind of a, a workshop environment. So the first idea about the Raspberry Blitz was just to take the tutorial from Staticus and put it into scripts and, and, and add a little bit more um, automation to it to set up your node on a Raspberry Pi. And we tried this out on on the on the, on the I think on the second head day, and more and more people liked the idea because it was also open on GitHub. People started to experiment at home with it, so it kind of step by step uh, developed to the point where it is not right now. And I was kind of lucky over the last years that I can spend some time on the project, step by step, uh, getting the contributions from people, adding those to it, and putting it more and more into a kind of self 
self-project that's what kind of what you see now with, with, the, with the rest of it. So, and I'm kind of really happy that, that this community idea that we had in the, in, in, in the idea from the beginning that it is something we want to do together, just this kind of happening right here, right now, that we, we see so much people got interest into the project, committed from different angles to it. Uh, and so I'm very glad, glad to see it gone to that kind of place. It's it's totally incredible, and thank you so much. I, I definitely uh, I I love the product. I have four of them that I've set up, and I'm actually downloading the blockchain right now. I'm testing it with an SSD drive this time because I want to get faster. Obviously, I wanted to verify faster, but um, thank you. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on here to uh, uh, I believe it's it's Rummy seventy five. Is that correct, or is it yes? Well, it's it's actually Romy. That's Romy. Okay, sorry, but thank <laughs> no you problem. so much. If you could please let us know, you know, tell us uh, how you contribute to the project and how you got into this space. Yeah, um, when you said this is like such a great group and everything, I feel like the imposter in here because I haven't done that much to <laughs> this project. <laughs> um, what I have done is. Um, I've taken a look at it and I, I found it a little painful to set up um, the, the phone uh, clients and uh, displaying the QR code in the terminal window. And I thought, well, this thing has this wonderful LCD display and uh, most users have it. So I have a hardware target that I can take a look at. And I found this little binary uh, that's no problem to set up that can display um, a PNG file on the LCD. So uh, what I did was that um, when you when you set up your um, your phone client, then it will display the QR code on the LCD. Um, and I believe uh, that made it into the 1.2 uh, release. Um, yep. So I'm happy to contribute that way. Uh, uh, what is kind of unfinished and a little brainchild, and I don't know if we get it uh, together with Frankie, maybe. Um, I found out that it's rather easy to uh, to create um, an HTML file that can be displayed on the LCD too, because we can run a, a browser like Epiphany or Chromium um, on an X server that has no window manager. So we don't need the touch display and it will just display um, the HTML page instead of the, um, the regular text interface um, that, that you have now. But I kind of abandoned it because some people correctly said it takes up a little RAM. And uh, we need all the power to, to really run the Raspberry Blitz and, and the lightning stuff. So I'm not really sure if, if this is dragging down the whole thing. It, it doesn't take that much power away from it, but after all, we, have, we don't have that much hardware. So I'm not really sure if we should contribute to that. And what I have done is something rather crazy because I used the bash script to create an HTML file. So people that ha hate really bad PHP code, um, just take a look at my bash script. This is a lot worse, you know. So, um, but Frankie has started something that we might be able to build on because he started doing the whole thing in Python, and I think maybe we can we can build on that um, if the community wants to continue that, um, and if we want to run a browser on here because that's probably something for Christian to decide. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and this is really why I, I uh, invited you to, to join this talk, because this is, this is the small stuff, because there's so much little things on the recipe blitz that can be improved. It's really, it's not perfect, but there's a lot of stuff we have in there that can be done. And the LCD display is one thing that showed very important to a lot of people, because it, it's a kind of first off, uh, it communicates the, the machine yeah. can communicate something to you but there's also the touch on there and and we can use it so that you can do some small actions uh, on the device but even just to work on that is, is a lot of detailed work and i'm not it's all the stuff i have to to, to in, would have to investigate myself so i'm very gladful if somebody has some experience or seeing something that could fit and tries it out and, and builds some kind of a prototype uh and then just showed and and, and gain experience with it and then share back on, on, on the GitHub and, and, and report to it. So maybe um, maybe you can, a little bit for the people maybe that are seeing this right now and thinking, oh, I also have an idea. Can you maybe describe the process, how you just get involved? Uh, how do you contribute back something? How do you make communications? Just, just a little bit how, if somebody wants to improve a little bit, how to get started there? Um. I think uh, GitHub is perfect for that, especially when you want to contribute just a little bit. Um, people can just uh, go on GitHub, and if they find a typo in your um, in your documentation, they can just correct it. Uh, it's really easy. And when you have like a little bash script or something that, that I did, I just forked the uh, the program, uh, forked the repository. And I worked on that fork, and I sent you a pull request, and you looked over it, and uh, it was nice communicating over that channel. Um, and also, to get my point across, I made a little short video of a few seconds, and I posted that on Twitter, so people can, can uh, give a feedback for that, and people seem to like it, which was really motivating for me, because I didn't know if I made something that's just for me, and when you see there's Plenty of people who like that and to give me a thumbs up, that's really motivating and that keeps you going. Yeah. So I think many people can just contribute that. And I think that's really important on all the open source projects. I mean, there's the big contributors like yourself, Christian, who do 90% of the work. And then there's the little workers here who just want to contribute small stuff. And uh, that's, that's really easy on open source. And I think GitHub is the right place for that. Perfect. Maybe yeah. I can quickly jump in. Um, sure. I've been um, tinkering about the same stuff, like uh, exposing web services and building websites for nodes. And it's a little bit a different setting. But one thing I came across which could be interesting is to run Chromium in a headless version. You can actually run Chromium in the backend and make it script, scripted to create PNG files. And you can, as it was a, a um, standard browser, and write them directly to the um, frame buffer. So not a touch solution, yes. but if you want to have like fancy displays from an HTML, you can then run it with very low capacity. Yes, but you would run a browser too um, to display the uh, it's, a, it's a headless Chromium. It's a special Chromium version. It okay. does not have any visual output. It runs oh. purely ah. in the background, and it can create ah. I uh, know what PNG mean, yeah. files from time to time. And you just uh, use the frame buffer viewer to display that image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see. Just an idea. Yeah, I've I've tried that one too. Um, something like that. Um, I will 
uh, look into that a little more. Maybe we can make something that's uh, more efficient because I think that's the main point, not wasting uh, energy on something that people might never look at because they have it in their closet somewhere, hidden away. Yeah, okay. Well, I like seeing that screen and uh, I think it's pretty cool. And I do have one in the basement, but I also have one right next to me here next to the TV. So I, I, I don't think it totally gets wasted, but I definitely understand the point of, you know, we're trying to run a node and we're trying to use everything efficiently. But I wanted to go back with what you started. And believe me, if there's anybody who's the imposter in this room, I'm the only one who doesn't know how to actually create anything. I, I simply take what, what you guys do and put it together and then use it. So I, I'm like the technical user, so don't feel bad. It's, I think it's beautiful that you can contribute in this way. And I, I think it's awesome without every one of you guys putting your pieces in, this wouldn't exist. You know, like that's just the, that, that's just the reality of it. So, but um, okay. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on here to, uh, to the, the person that's making our, our shells, like not just coding sexy, you know, but the, the box is sexy. So, Rick, hey, you, you want to uh, tell us what you do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I got into Bitcoin probably 2017-ish, too, after hearing about it a couple years ago. And my hobby always used to be custom designing PC cases. And I would enter competitions with that and whatnot. And then after getting into Bitcoin, and I struggled with the raspy bolts, no offense, staticus. I tried so many times to try to get that. And thank God Christian made automated scripts because I struggled so much with that. But I redeemed myself after getting the Raspy Blitz up. I tried the Raspy Bolts again after learning some coding here and there, and I got that up, so awesome work for both of you guys. I got them both running. Uh, but then after I got that, I, I kind of wanted to design something for it because I wanted mine to look good since it sits down by my gaming computer. So then I decided, well, why not? Why don't I design a case for it? And it all kind of stemmed from Right when I entered, I had hardware wallets that I wanted to hide in secret places, and I didn't want them just on like my ledger sitting on my desk. So I built a mount, and people really liked that idea. So I was like, well, I'll just start a business and see if it ever works out. Kind of built from there. And then your guys' Raspy Blitz and Raspy Bolts projects, I was like, well, I want to make mine look awesome. I made one, and then everybody else was like, well, that's really cool. How do I get one? And I was like, well, there we go. There, I'll just start building them. So that's really how I got into it. And I know everybody says, Oh, I don't really contribute anything for if you don't do like coding or whatnot. But I, I, I agree that there is so much more to contribute to projects based on just coding. Not none of you guys said that or anything. It's just I think people feel that way if they don't code, they don't contribute. But there's so many different ways to contribute to different things like teaching classes, designing stuff, coding, all that stuff. So that's really how I got into the Raspy Blitz. And every now and then, I, if I run into a problem, I message Christian. I, message FOMO, start battling through problems. And I think I finally submitted something on GitHub, which was rare for me, uh, a little issue and a problem. So that was pretty awesome. So it's just slowly building steps. And I think for tinkers and everybody that kind of wants to start building it, building their own nodes, I think Raspy Blitz or one of these Raspy Bolt projects is the way to go and get your hands dirty in it. Cool. Thank you very much. And I, I totally agree, uh, about, especially about your statement that even if you don't write code, you know, you can still contribute to the project, uh, to your point. You know, I, I do a podcast and try to get the information out there and at the very least, right? You know, and every little bit helps. So I, I truly agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the 3D printing community is, 
I didn't know it was so big into the space. Honestly, I thought I was kind of on the sideline, but now I'm starting to see a lot more 3D printers are in the same identical space. So I think it's time that I do create a simple open source product that people can design. I'll put it on the website. I know everybody keeps asking me for it. So I think it's finally time that I, I take a little bit of time, do an open source project, a simple case for the Raspberry Blitz that everybody can download. And I'll start doing that because I didn't realize the 3D printing community was this big. Oh, wow. Deal. So I think I'm going to start doing, working on that. That's awesome. That is definitely awesome. And thank you. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm inspired to get a 3D printer, but as I told you, I'm probably not the best person at creating. So <laughs> everyone's um, got to learn somewhere. That's right. Um, okay. So, um, so moving on, I, uh, I believe we have, uh, uh, is it Frankie? If, uh, I, I don't know if, uh, you want to come on and talk about the uh, the con the contributions that you've done to uh, to this project? I I don't believe that you and I have spoken very much, but if you could just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into this, and uh, and how you contribute to the project. Absolutely sure. You hear me okay? Absolutely. Does everybody right, else good. hear? Him? Yeah, I got some thumbs up. Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me here and uh, having me join this inter interesting discussion. <laughs> Um, yeah, how did I come to this? Uh, basically, I think I, I met Christian, so Rutzol, at the camp four years ago, 2015. We met and talked and lost contact, and we, we met again 2017 at the Congress, the Case Computer Congress. And uh, there was the, the early sparks kind of, of lightning going on. Uh, I think there was the first demo of, of some code that was doing something or so. <laughs> it was really interesting. We had a long talk and so on. And and, and, and now, now, now during that year, so much has happened for implementations, the different implementations for Lightning. Um, yeah, and uh, 2018, we connected again. And uh, I was at the Bitcoin table for a while. So I met some of the other guys here, I think, that are in the Hangout. It's really great uh, talking to you all, uh, different discussions. Um, that's just how I got invited i think <laughs> also um yeah what do i do um i just wrote a few notes down there were a lot, a lot of points come came up already um so basically i i, I i'm not, not so much a hardware guy so it's more a little bit of software uh, uh doing uh, and i had a few issues <laughs> for example there was a, was one thing was the the the, the net thing uh, i have a dsl and changing ip addresses and not and uh, i think there's still this uh, restarting your uh, <laughs> lightning node uh, every day if you change your IP address and there I worked a little bit on the um, yeah I submitted a pull request to LND which was merged uh, recently um, to um, yeah um, better detect nuts and so on uh, that was one thing I worked on and um, yeah I have two other big points I'm interested in one is the kind of having something like like a backend service something like a daemon running that that kind of gathers different data we have we have the Bitcoin daemon we have the, the lightning daemon and we have other system information and I was kind of thinking about how could we kind of glue all these APIs together into one API where we could just uh, yeah um to all this some of the refresh uh, uh, some of the requests to the rest api if you have a load on your raspberry they take maybe 50 seconds or, or longer <laughs> and kind of having this data in kind of in a cached way you could still synchronously access them that was one idea i started looking in with with python and using threads which was not the best idea i think <laughs> so i was sort of starting maybe looking into maybe doing this in go for example but i'm not sure I've not had so much time on this recently. Um, yeah, maybe there are some ideas later. Um, what I also was starting and looking is 
um, I saw Raumi's uh, really nice HTML, CSS, or whatever I think is. There's no JavaScript, I think. Uh, I really liked it. Um, and um, yeah, like having the same information that the, the LCD is currently showing in a browser, which is useful for accessing it from somewhere else. It's like an alternative to the, to the RTL, I, I guess. Um, yeah, and then, then the last uh, thing I was starting looking into was kind of um, yeah making use of this touch screen, right? <laughs> so so I, I, I sometimes I like to kind of turn off or turn to black or maybe shut down the device. And uh, for for this, I think one button or maybe two or three or four might be cool to have. Uh, and so what I all I did um, was uh, um, I'm using Python. I just um, I installed the display manager, right? <laughs> so I'm not sure how 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 resource intensive that is. So I uh, just used the, the default kind of uh, Raspberry installation with the, I think it's, um, not sure which, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. But, but basically I'm, I'm running um, the display manager and I'm starting an X and there I just uh, display a small window which just opens an X term. So basically you have on the left side, you have four buttons and the rest the rest of the screen is just showing the, the normal intro script. So that's actually not too bad. I posted a, a link to this in, in one of the GitHub issues. Maybe I could, could paste that again so you can just have a quick view of, of that. Um, yeah, maybe any questions for, for that or uh, any ideas? Um, um, maybe jump in here. Um, I, I really appreciate because at the moment, just just to clarify, the recipe blitz is running in a it's running a lot of scripts, bash scripts, and a lot of bash scripts run in a loop. For example, the information that you see on the LCD display is kind of always gathered every kind of. 20 seconds, five seconds, depends a little bit on which state it is. And this is not very clever, resourceful thing because it's a heavy load every second. Some some commands take a little time uh, and, and put a little stress on, on the rest of the system. So, um, and, and what, fr uh, what, what Frankie uh, started to, to look into is really something that, that makes more sense in, a, in a multiple ways because having really some kind of daemon that starts to collect from the system also some information and, and collects all this information that, that you need to display stuff on the display, but also that you can then use to have a web UI that you can use through your browser maybe instead of SSH to to get information a little bit more about your recipe blitz, or even if you want to change the LCD against the e-paper in the future, the e-paper would also need some kind of uh, source where it gets this information. And we can see that we need this in multiple places around uh, the recipe blitz. So this is very cool that that uh, that there is uh, the idea of of building such a demon. And I think Frankie, you already put already some in this issue. Already saw some schematics how we can optimize the structure then with our, uh, with for the multiple services, uh, et cetera. So again, this uh, really, this, I have to say, it maybe takes some version numbers before we can get to this stage, but it's good that, that somebody already is exploring this area and there may be where we can fit this together with, with some uh, uh, with other issues we have on, on LCD and touch. So, uh, so that we already have experience and then we can decide on where we want to go after more kind of pressures or more immediate uh, things have to go uh, in because of stability. So just wanted to add that. So thank you very much for that. So no, that's, that's I, I actually just, fantastic that, because that's actually one of the questions that, that we got more than more than one person asked and wanted to know when, when touchscreen. So <laughs> 
it's good that somebody's working on that. Sorry, you were going to say something? Um, Go ahead. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, I just posted a link to the display service uh, issue. I haven't uh, found the issue where I posted this video, <laughs> but maybe I'll find this later and we'll post it also. Um, yeah, in, in the end, it's kind of, we have to kind of decide what, what's, yeah, what we want, right? So, uh, what what what's the benefit of doing this? Uh, if if we, if we and what's the what's what's a good way to approach this? Uh, basically, at the moment, it's a shell script, and I think uh, Christian is putting huge effort into building these shell scripts. Uh, really cool. <laughs> I didn't know many of the things that are possible with just um, those uh, <laughs> Bash or Linux uh, stuff. It's nice. Um, um, yeah, but but enabling. The touch without having a display manager and a GUI, uh, I think, is not possible. I haven't found a solution for that. So basically, the approach would be to install the uh, display manager and to, to develop a, a, a GUI. And that there are several different options how to develop a GUI. I used uh, Python just wrapper in my demo. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm not so much a designer. <laughs> so may, maybe some people have ideas of what should be there. What what would, what are the features? What is the outlook? I don't think it, it should be a fully managing every aspect of Raspberry Blitz uh, with lots of menus and so on. It would just be the basic information, I think. Maybe the QR code would be interesting, turning off um, and so on. Um, it's in interesting maybe switching between one or two things or on-demand generating uh, an invoice might also be nice, but I, I'm not sure. That's like three or four things that I think make sense. Cool. I, I'm excited to see what, uh, you, know, what you guys are going to do with this. I, I think it's awesome. So... Thank you very much, and and thank you for uh, thank you for joining us as well. So um, moving on, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna introduce Staticus. So Staticus, I actually started. Yours was the first node, um, the the first one that I I built, and it taught me many things. Um, it taught me that I definitely am not really meant to write any code um and and really it, it truly helped me get back into it because i i used to really be into like um you know more like gray hat hacking back in like the uh the the mid 90s and and stuff like that and and i had kind of stepped away from that and actually reading your project is what got me back into this and deciding you know what i'm gonna build one of these things so Cool. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your, your contribution. It's been huge. And uh, if you can please just share with us what you've done and what you're doing. Yeah, sure. I'm glad to. Thanks. This is very nice feedback. And uh, this is what I constantly love about um, getting feedback from the community that by basically documenting my own learnings in a somewhat concise way, I enabled other people's to learn that as, as well. And I think that's, on Twitter, many people ask, um, how should I go and like build or run my node? And I guess um, the Raspberry Bolt is more about the journey. It's more about learning. It's not getting it up easily and quickly. So if you really want to understand the inner workings of how a full node setup works. I guess it's mm -hmm. still a good, very good option. But of course, uh, Rootsol uh, really has taken the lead now, um, implementing new features um, with an awesome community to get um, to enable people that are not very comfortable on the command line to also 
have their full nodes running on a cheap Raspberry Pi, which is really awesome, and I love the project. And I guess on the other end of the spectrum is uh, maybe Piero Shard's node launcher, where you just use your existing um, hardware and run it in the background. So there's a full spectrum out there, and I think depending on what you want to achieve, how much time you have, um, on what you're interested in, one or the other is the best option. For me, um, personally, I started some years ago um, by just running Bitcoin nodes. For me, it was like obvious from the beginning that um, when, even when I bought my first ledger, I really don't want ledger to know my transactions. So financial sovereignty is um, very essential for me. If you run, you have to be in full control of your um, private keys. But it's not the full picture, right? So you really also need to be able in uh, broadcast your own transactions and you should not trust another third party to tell you um, the truth about the blockchain. I really want to be directly connected to other peers and run that on my own node. So this is where, where I started. It's obviously not that easy with Bitcoin Core. Then I, um, I ran Electrum X servers on top of that. Um, just to be able to use it with hardware wallets. And then I guess Lightning came along. I'm not really that much of a technician or a programmer, so it's probably too late for me to do any useful contributions to the Bitcoin Core project. But it's still, it was extremely early for Lightning, and with even modest know-how, you could have quite some impact, and I really love that. So I started building my notes. I've been using Raspberry Pis for a long time. Um, and I started documenting. I think I published somewhere the end of 2017 or early 2018. At least before mainnet, I uh, documented it on Medium, um, how I actually built my note. And I got a lot of feedback, a lot of questions. I did a lot of stuff on Reddit. And then I moved it over to GitHub to have a proper forum to be able to um, tra keep track on issues for to, to build a knowledge base. And I guess it shows that it's not, I think it's a good guide, but uh, people are, re are really struggling sometimes because um, even just jumping over one sentence can make the difference mm -hmm. or not, not clearly understanding it. So I just checked before, I think we almost have closed 300 issues on GitHub. More major and minor nicks that people asked. So it's, it's quite uh, intense to keep up with all the issues and provide answers. Um, then moving on, I, I love the Raspberry Pi platform, but I think it has its limitations, especially regarding the initial lockdown load. And I Although I have, um, I, I run the, the Electrum personal server myself, I think it has, from a UX perspective, it's not that optimal if you need to rescan the blockchain for every new public key that you have. So I, I, was, I just had the, the need to be able to run more on the platform. This is why I started experimenting with Oldroids. I created the Thumbdroid guide which is a cheap knockoff of the Raspberry Pi guide, but with more powerful hardware. Yeah, and I guess in the search for the perfect node, um, 
I think it was during summer 2018, Rutsol, um, Sao myself, we actually started collaborating more closely, um, thinking about how we could like build something together. Um, but I, at the time, I was still um, working at PwC. I'm coming from a consulting background with Accenture and stuff like that. Um, just as a hobbyist, it, it, it's, it just wasn't possible. I, some, I had more, almost like a mini burnout and had to take a break from Twitter and it was just too much. My goals were probably just too high and I, I, had, to, I had to stop for some time. And then I decided during a, a meeting, an offline meeting, um, that is, well, I probably just have to quit my job. And then I quit with PwC, which is for a stable and well-paid job during the bear, bear market. <laughs> oh and was super happy and super honored that I could start with um, Shift Crypto Security, which is an awesome company. Um, also founded by Jonas Schnelli and other great guys that are more of a hardware company. They're building um, hardware wallets. And I'm building now, I guess, something that I had in mind for a long time there, um, like just like the, the best possible note that I can imagine. Um, it's some kind of a, some, some, a, bit, a bit of a switch. I, I really think that the low, the cheap, low level notes are super important. But at the moment, I'm experimenting more with like um, not really caring about the price. So we're build, really building, um, it, it's called the Bitbox base. Um, Bitbox is the hardware wallet. We're building the, the, the node for the hardware wallets, but it's completely open source. And of course we are we're looking at the price, but um, it's not gonna be a super cheap note at the beginning, but we can probably bring the price down later on. And yeah, um, I think for me, it's super important that we already open sourced everything. Although we, I'm just working at it for one month, so it's nowhere uh, finished. We just started, but we, we put everything out there. It's open source, you can look at the code. And we really plan to build this fully in the open. And also not like a company that wants to lock in. It, it should be possible for people to to buy their own hardware and run it just on their own nodes without paying anything. So this is what I really like about this approach. That's mm -hmm. that's really incredible. Sorry, Rutsal, go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I just saw the the plans or the what you outlined about the the, the box. Um, and as far as I see, it's it's based on Sea Lightning and, and on Ambien. So, um, and, and I think it will be also have a, a web UI to talk to, is that correct? Um, we decided to do a few things differently. So um, besides using like more powerful hardware, the Rock Pro 64, we also uh, think that not having a web interface is good for security. So we really try to avoid the whole web stack which has a lot of dependencies that we cannot control. Um, it works mainly with our uh, the 
Bitbox app, which is also open source and does not need you to buy anything. You can just download it and use it. So we'll have more of a, an app that talks to the, the Bitbox space, um, but lets you just manage it in a more trusted um, environment because everything in between is like end-to-end um, -end encrypted. We're, we're going to be using the noise protocol framework to encrypt whole communication and it gives us just more options regarding networking because I think the networking is one of the huge unsolved problems at the moment. Um, maybe I can outline the three things we, we'd like to do because there's not really one um, option that is perfect. So if you set up your node, um, you have the app running and it just automatically detects, oh, there's a node. This works with zero conf, MDNS, and it just um, lets you confirm on a display um, that you are who you are and who you claim and establish a secure connection. And that's that's about it. So this, this works in a local network. The second option is to have um, a completely open um, Tor connection just providing like Tor Onion services. By the way, the whole uh, Bitbox space will by default run completely over Tor only. Nice. And so this lets you uh, initiate external connections from every device that already runs Tor, like your laptop or your Android phone, but that's sometimes an issue. And this is why we are also going to provide a more centralized service, but it's zero knowledge. So that we will provide like a reverse proxy server run by shift where the node can connect to through Tor. So we don't know who that is. Um, we don't know where it is, but we will um, provide a clear net address on just routing through. So you can use it without installing Tor by connecting to our own like centralized proxy. And we will just route through to your own node without knowing who you are and the whole connection also will be completely end-to-end -end encryption encrypted and this is important because we are basically a man in the middle we don't want to know what you're doing mm -hmm. so the app to the to the bitbox space is encrypting all the communication can i can i ask you will the part of the proxy also be open source or is the yes. open source just the, the, okay cool because in the end, in the, uh, the recipe blitz has a kind of same problem set up because how do you mm -hmm. how because of how do you go around your NAT and all those things how you can address mm -hmm. your your node. So it would be very interesting to to take a look at the service you are building there and mm -hmm. then maybe have it in a in an easy to set up way for anybody who wants to offer that kind of service also for the recipe blitz and have it in a in the same kind of way. So at least that uh, that outside apps can maybe like the the, the Zap app and all all the. What, what people at the moment connect to to the, mm -hmm. to the recipe blitz, um, that those services can more easily connect from the outside and in a secure way. And if, mm -hmm. if anybody's open to set up such a service, I think, yeah, it's a kind of central server somewhere, but at least if, any, if it's open source and anybody can set up, you can set up for yourself on your own server yeah. or you use it from somebody else. Maybe even there's a small payment with Lightning. Not sure. Is, is there any wow. kind of... <laughs> That's a nice idea. Yeah, do, do you? It's just a question. So, so the I think on 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 your end because it's together with the company, it's it's more like uh, it will be part of the deal. When you buy the box, you get the service for free, right? Yes, I think that's this. This is 
may probably the the main challenge uh, we are building it so like in a cannot be evil way that it's actually a challenge to verify that you are actually half a box <laughs> so obviously we don't want to serve the whole internet yeah we somehow need to make sure that we are basically serving our <laughs> paying customers but the, the, the proxy will be open source. Anybody can take it and run it themselves or fork it and use it for other projects. This is, I think, very important to us. And this is also what makes me very comfortable working on a, on a company project like that. Yeah. Maybe one question again. Uh, do you see any other areas where the projects can benefit from each other? Uh, of course, we will not be able to do all this kind of setup, I think there will be differences in, 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 in how you will do it, but but maybe single, as, for example, as with the proxy server, some single setups that you can maybe uh, combine there, here and there, and I always already want to patch this up to, to Blue Cell, to OpenMS, because of the, you also have some experience running the recipe blitz on other hardware, and maybe with Ambien, can, can you mm -hmm. also kind of see that there is that we can use if something is built on Ambien from, from Celica's project, is this something we can use also in the future, maybe Ambien as a base to have more compatibility uh, there to, to, to reuse it? <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, so, so Ambien is the only, it's, it's great, I think. The only thing is, there is no ambient for Raspberry Pi, right? So, <laughs> uh, because res the Raspbian is based on the ThreadX uh, operating system, which is not open source, so it cannot be put into to basically not compatible with the Ambien kind of uh, Linux distro. So, um, but. Other than that, I think Ambien is also very compatible with Debian. And then what I've found that there is very minimal change which is R between Debian and Ubuntu, which kind of runs on everything. And that's what's, what is usually provided as a default by, by the Odroid manufacturer, by um, uh, the Rock Pro guys which is um, Pine64, uh, which is, yeah, the Rock Pro 64 or the Rock 64, which is the same thing. And then also you have obviously have it available for for uh, PC and BIOS UFI. So UFI. So I think it is, it is easy to keep it compatible between Ambien and Ubuntu as well as and as well as Raspbian, until we are based on the based on the uh, Raspberry Pi by default. So I think that that works. Okay, I mean for us it was more uh, the reason why we decided to go with Ambien is um, because you can build it somewhat from source. There are some binary blocks, but you can build it from source directly and automate this build process in a way that you can create an image directly, including the bootloader and everything that you can just directly flash onto an EMMC or SD card. So there's, at the moment we have, if you build like our setup, 
you will get an image of about two gigabytes or whatever. You put it on the EMMC, you boot it up, and it starts syncing over Tor directly. There's no setup or anything that you need to take care. Um, even the the SSD is formatted on um, on first boot. So this is something that we really wanted to to achieve not having like manual configuration or very complex scripts in the beginning when you boot the device that can break. Um, and it was also a conscious decision to not like dockerize all the different um, services and do like more like the BTC pay um, approach where you have all the stuff running in Docker images and then update them individually. We're thinking more about like having as a a, a networked appliance. So you do like an update is always like you do. Um, it's always like the full image. You do like atomic updates. And what we would like to achieve and could be interesting for the um, Raspberry Blitz as well. Um, we're not there yet, but we, we are experimenting with um, atomic upgrades where you have a dual root file system, like two partitions. One is active and you're running it. And you have like a, a service that streams the upgrade to the other partition, which is not active. And after that, you reboot and it boots the, the other partition. And if it's successful, it's, it's committed or confirmed. And that this is now your updated system. But if it fails, you just boot again and it falls back to the old one. So you really have like a, a fail-safe upgrading mechanism that you are basically not able to break a device during the update if you have a power loss or anything like that. So this is why we actually wanted to have something that is not like running in Docker containers where you can very quickly have like in problems with different versions of all the containers. That would be amazing, by the way. The, uh, the the separate partition, that's that's genius. Like, seriously, because one of the biggest issues, and we're going to get into it as part of the Q&A, but uh, one of the biggest issues is the redundancy aspect. You know, people do want to know how to make their nodes redundant. And, of course, as you could imagine, the less technical people want to make it a little bit easier. So we're, we're going to, I'm actually going to ask about that a little bit later on, but that that's amazing. And I do have a question about Docker after, so... Somebody did okay, ask. Cool. Somebody asked about that. So, um, okay. Maybe one. May, may I just add one? Oh, yeah. um, last thing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's also the the Casa node, which is also running on the Raspberry Pi, and from what I understand, with Jameson Lop having a very good talk about that just a few weeks ago, the main problem they have is that people are not able to that revalidate the blockchain themselves if it gets corrupted. This is a huge pain. And by using more powerful hardware, we are actually able to sync the full node from Genesis with validation over Tor in under two days. So this is really cool. You never need wow. to download anything from an FTP server again. You just, we actually on setup, we present, the, we will ship pre-synced but we will, as the best option, present the user to just wipe the SSD and revalidate anything because it can do it under two days. So this is, I think, pretty important. 
I'm excited to get a Bitbox. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I love all these things, so I'd like to have one of each. Just to, I, I just enjoy tinkering, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking out for it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for explaining that. To, sure. Yeah. Just just to make make sure this, uh, I don't want to convert everybody to the Bitbox throws. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I love I, I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I think to the, the the philosophy on the Raspberry Blitz is, is a little bit like we we stay on the uh, as the minimal hardware it should function is the is the Raspberry Pi, and maybe when there is some Raspberry Pi four coming out, maybe this is a device that maybe then can handle even self validation of on the blockchain more easily. So we play let let, it, let the time play here a little bit. Um, on the other side, so with the Raspberry Blitz, there is the option now and uh, try to make it easy that you can validate your blockchain yourself on your laptop, and then you can copy it over. So I think this is is a little bit com com a little bit more complicated. But in the end, uh, it, if you want to go this way, having self-validating things and not trusting the torrent download, I think that's a, that's a way. At least for the moment, we can we can do until the device, the standard Raspberry device, is is is, is good enough to 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 work with this. Uh, on itself, so so yeah, mobile hardware is cool, and, and I really like to see how we can maybe in the future even see how we can port the Raspberry Blitz like like a system even to support more diverse hardware, so that you can, if you choose to start with a more powerful hardware, that you can also move over there. So okay, um, so it's when we so we will switch now, or Staticus, anything else to add? No, I just want to close by. Um, Definitely, I don't want to like come off of the guy that's just shilling his own product. I really love the Raspberry Pis and I love the products. I love the projects. And I'm still maintaining my Raspberry Bolt guide, so that's for that. Yeah, it, I, I just want to add to that. In no way is this meant to, you know what I mean? We're, we're just discussing the tech. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I love all of it. I, I have a Casanode. You know what I mean? I have a Raspi Bolt. I have a Raspi Blitz. I, I know that there's, uh, you know, I know that there's a whole bunch of other nodes out there, and I, I'd love to run them all. Like I, I think they're all cool, and it's just it's part of being an enthusiast. So you know, thank you so much. Um, okay, so uh, bef we're we're gonna move on right now to. Uh, I, I actually met Selby because of uh, his his account, the uh, the Ride the Lightning account, and I, I didn't realize that you were the one responsible for that that web interface. And I, I know I don't want to you know I don't want to detract and talk about the security issues because as IT we we know what the web introduces, um, mm -hmm. but I I love the web interface. I think it's I think it's really cool, and I honestly in terms of the user experience. It, I, I mean, I, I love the interface through SSH, but the user interface for the for the ride the lightning is is really sleek. It's easy to understand. So, you know, if you could, Salbi, thank you so much for joining us, and if you could please just uh, you know share with us your story and tell us how you ended up developing this interface. Sure. So I'll not take uh, more time. I think uh, let's uh, let's keep more time for questions and answers, right? So and the discussion. So just a quick introduction, right? So I started mm, in Bitcoin, uh, maybe, I, maybe I may be the, actually the youngest, you know, quote unquote, in the Bitcoin space in this crowd. Uh, I started uh, somewhere around uh, reading about Bitcoin uh, in detail in September 2017, and I bought my first Bitcoin in October 2017. 
so i'm like pretty pretty young <laughs> you know as far as uh, knowing bitcoin is concerned but uh, uh, i found it so compelling that i decided to peel the layers of the onion right and uh, and started digging deeper and deeper um and uh, in terms of uh, what i wanted like to do in my free time i like to like tinker with hardware uh, and i was pretty fascinated with mining to begin with right so uh, so initially i my fascination was entirely around mining so i and i'll be very uh, honest here i started with uh, shitcoin mining a lot right so i've mined um, uh, many shitcoins right <laughs> but uh, in my journey in this last one and a half years or so Uh, i have kind of gone through a whole uh, journey of you know uh, learning about bitcoin then getting distracted by shitcoin then i'm finally coming back to bitcoin right so the whole journey i've been through in a very small uh, time frame uh, and now i'm uh, you can call me a maximalist uh, i am like committed to bitcoin i am i believe only in bitcoin i don't believe in any other uh, you know coins so uh, so in terms of the journey i started uh, mining initially then i when i read about lightning then this was somewhere around uh, end of 2017 uh, then the kind of you know the quote unquote the moment when you when a bulb goes in your mind right that you know this is how uh, bitcoin can be digital gold right uh, as a layer for settlement uh, makes it the case for digital gold and that's when i was convinced that uh, you know i have to completely focus on bitcoin and not distract myself with anything else and then i started reading more and more about lightning uh, and then i came across stadicus's guide of course and started uh, you know <laughs> started the setting up my node and the guy i found the guide very useful uh, and very straightforward and i was able to successfully like set up my own node um, and i actually went on mainnet straight away uh, in april 2014 uh, sorry 2018 sorry and my node has been live since uh, so uh, i've been running the same node uh, since april 2018 uh, raspberry pi um, and when i started interacting with lightning that's when i realized that you know operating command line there's so much information you know when you're operating a lightning node there's so much information that you have to keep track of and uh, it's not uh, the command line is not going to be the way to manage the node there are so many parameters to keep track of and that's when i thought about you know writing an app and um, that's when shana uh, who's actually a experienced web developer she was looking for uh, some sort of a project which which can be a side gig for her and that's when we started collaborating and uh, i started sharing my ideas on what uh, we need to build what type of interface we need to build and she was the developer who actually uh, did the coding uh, uh, and i like designed the product uh, conceptualized the functionality uh and my and i set up the test node and infrastructure for her and she actually does the whole development so she is the the development muscle i am more of a you know uh, a product manager quote unquote uh, who's helping her design uh, the functionality basically um so that's the uh, and you know in it's been one and a half years and uh, the project has taken a life of its own uh, we were never anticipating it will be like it will gain this much traction um at this point we are uh, you know of course we are in raspberry blitz they were we were the first project to like raspberry blitz was the first project for us to kind of collaborate on now we are also on nodal uh we are also integrated with btcp server uh so yeah so these are and all of these projects kind of give us so many issues so many inputs uh, that it keeps us busy like like crazy so uh, that's the journey so far
on Ride the Lightning. Very cool. Thank you so much. That, that's absolutely fantastic. I, I didn't realize that uh, you were also integrated with the uh, the utility nodes like uh, like Nodal. So that that's yes. pretty cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Cool. So. Um, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try fluid voice again before we get into the uh, into the Q and A. So, fluid, you want to give it a shot? Is it working? Nice. All right, uh, very cool. So yeah, I was gonna have, I was gonna say I'd have to change my my name. It would, my voice hasn't been so fluid today. <laughs> but I, I'd like. It I'd like to give a, a bit of an introduction, uh, at least from my experience with you, because my, my first experience with you was you responding to me on the uh, on an issue that I had with the uh, with the raspy blitz. And I, I really, um, I, you know, it's like I, I really appreciated your help. Um, you know, you pointed me in the right direction. You gave me the right information. And I, I just found that. You know, your support was really incredible. So I, I'm sure that you do way more for the project than just that. But I just wanted yeah. to, to let you know. I, I really appreciated it. So with, oh, no problem. please let us know, you know, how you know how you tumbled down the rabbit hole and uh, what got you into working on the Blitz. Oh, boy, that's a long story. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> well, so you guys probably have heard a lot about this rabbit hole thing. Like I first heard about Bitcoin in 2013, although I didn't do anything. I ignored it for another couple of years. And then I didn't actually even buy my first Bitcoin until 2015. And I think that was because I watched videos of Ant Andreas Antonopoulos like everybody else did. And, uh, you know, that that sort of like started me down that path. And then I, I'm, I'm sort of a semi-retired guy from Silicon Valley. And, you know, so, but I still, I, I, I like technology, I'm involved in, techno in, in technology, and I've been playing around in the, in the Bitcoin crypto space, not really doing any programming per se, but, you know, just doing stuff like, I, I played around with running Monero node and, you know, things like that. Um, but I always sort of was watching it and hoping and thinking, how can I help? How can I make you know, it, this stuff easier to use and, you know, that sort of thing. And I mean, I didn't even, I hadn't even like seen a Raspberry Pi until December. <laughs> so, but, you know, what it basically what, I, what it was, was I also have some interest in the IoT realm. And there was, there were some projects and some stuff that, that runs in the IoT space that runs on a Raspberry Pi. And so that, sort of got me interested in that. And then when I somehow ran across the Raspy Blitz project, then I thought, okay, well, it's time that I try this. So I got a pie, you know, when I, and I started playing around with that was like in December, January. And, you know, I mean, the pie is great. You can do a lot for such a little device and, you know, low power, but, uh, it also has obviously limitations, right? So, and this sort of like open arms, you 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 realize this, like, and Kristen, you're probably wondering, like, what's the interest in the ARM eighty six? That's probably a question you have, right? So, yeah, one one of the things was I I started to realize that 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 to combine some of the IoT, like the the kind of stuff that I'm interested in running, perhaps on top. In addition to a node, it's it's just one gigabyte of RAM is is difficult, right? 
So, um, so that was sort of like what got me interested in looking at some of the, I'm not, I'm not like going to abandon the Pi, of course, but, you know, it would be nice if they came out with a new one, like a Pi 4 or something with a little bit more resources. And I think OpenOM, that's why you're looking at other boards as well, right? Other SPCs? Yeah. So... Well, that that's really uh, that's really awesome, and actually, we um, I do have a question about some future development that is uh, coming up. But uh, open noms, if you want to respond. Yes, uh, well, no, I completely agree with this. I mean, it's it's very constrained, you know, with uh, with one megabyte of RAM. I think it's the one gigabyte actually. Uh, what is important is to I think to keep the compatibility with the with the minimal entry level hardware and then we have we can have advanced options and you know step up as much as we can really uh, i think it, it would be nice to find the cheapest hardware which can do everything we want to want want it to do, to do right so uh, yeah we'll see what we said exactly. i think you know even 2 gigabytes is Quite a big step. It's it's straight to doubling, so, and that's not very far off. Uh, we have you know in the similar price category, but uh, obviously the infrastructure which is which is behind the Raspberry Pi with cases with all the accessories is just you know not comparable to anything. And also uh, regarding a new generation, I think I've I've read somewhere that they are not planning to come up with a new version until 2020. So you know we have. We have some time to to tinker until then. <laughs> well, actually, we can uh, we can probably get started with the uh, the Q and A right away. Unless Brad, I I is there anything else you want to add to your uh, to your story? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, again, the, the, this this IoT stuff it ran on like um, Debian base and 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 on the Pi and uh, open arms you, you you realize the same the same you know distri distributions can be used for uh, for this stuff Kristen you probably saw also on Twitter how it was kind of when I discovered this this atomic pie it was an interesting thing because it's a low cost SBC that's that's uh, x86 and you know I mean basically, I guess if I was to add anything, it would be that like the Pi is fine for end users to run the full nodes, um, you know, and, and with with uh, um, LN on top. But I think for developers, it's a, it's a little bit difficult because if you want to build stuff on top, right? So and and I, and I presume in the future there will be more, you know, APIs and stuff developed on top of Lightning, and it, it just becomes. Well, in some of, in in helping out a lot of people with problems on on the Raspberry Blitz, I sort of got a little bit frustrated because there's so many problems that are hit right. With it could be power supply, it could be yeah. um, what else? Uh, I guess power supply is one of the one of the main ones, right? But uh, <laughs> I'd say it's almost the only one. I swear, I. I can't tell you how many issues, how many errors appear 
and you think, oh, there's something wrong with the disc, or there's something wrong with the memory, or there's actually something missing, but there's nothing missing. It's just a power supply issue. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it got frustrating for me. I'm like, oh, there's too much time being taken on dealing with just issues that seem specific to the pie. And, you know, like I said, if you if you just want to be an end user and you, it can run the node perfectly fine, but it seems like for developers, you would want to use something else like you know, uh, I have it running on the virtual with the virtual machine, and you know this is much faster to to do things. But there's I don't know. in in working with developers, and of course not on this particular project, but uh, in my in my real life, um, I, from what I've understood, developers always want more memory, more CPU, and more resources. It's like the easiest way, and I. I, I can't imagine the difficulty it must be to work on these platforms to constantly have to worry about or juggle these limitations. That's half the fun, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, but I, I agree with Rutal with, with the idea of keeping things cheap too. I mean, you want to keep it as low cost as possible. You know, I mean, these things might, in first world countries, it might seem cheap, but it's not so cheap in other places, right? You, you want to make you want to make the nodes perfectly available in other countries India China wherever you know that's a very good point okay. yeah just sorry I just like to pitch in there that you know the other implementation is which we, we actually supposed to do but we're not doing is the initial block download what uh, Staticus was you know already touching on the IBD is not possible on the basically practically not possible on a on a pi on a raspberry pi so and that's the biggest constraint there i think it's a usb 2 port you know the, it's 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 even difficult to find another sbc which has a usb only has usb 2 so it doesn't matter if you if you run it with an ssd you know it won't be able to get quicker so just to find a base which has you know that step up that would make us able to do initial block block, block download uh on the device but, uh, but that be, yeah sorry let me ask you this though um but doesn't the ssd i, I understand the limitation of the usb 2.0 but doesn't the ssd um make it so that verifying the data is faster or or not because the read and write speed is a lot faster on an ssd than on a spindle drive on usb 2 it does not really matter i guess damn it usb 2 is just way too slow even when you run it on a regular laptop if you connect a usb 2 drive it can take weeks for the initial block download this is also why we were looking for an, a, a different platform that also with touching with the power supply that actually has a barrel check not just like a flimsy usb connector where everybody thinks he needs to like uh, use his uh, cell a power adapter that gives like one <laughs> i don't know nothing at all and actually has some internal storage capacity we're using pcie um, directly with an ssd so this is super fast so we, you don't have to use a cable that runs out and in again so it's it's the little things it's power but it's also like just how well the platform is actually suited for a consumer device 
Well, since we're since we're going, I, I had a, a kind of an order to the questions, but since we're going into this, uh, you know, the hardware platforms and everything. Um, okay, so obviously recently I've been seeing some talk about the uh, um, the atomic pie. Um, so it's that atomic that that atom board. Um, I, and again, I don't know who on this panel would be best to to speak about it. So. Um, I don't know if it would be open noms or if it would be um, roots all or if it would be staticus. So I, I do apologize. I I just don't know. So I, I don't know if any of you guys want to throw in about this. Well, I just I I I think I'm the you know one of the first people who have it actually. But the thing is with this is is such a it feels very much like a developer board because. It actually doesn't have a power inlet, it and what's huge, <laughs> it, and also yes, it is. It is quite fits on a on a three point five inch um, HDD, so it is it is the same size as that. Uh, but the, so I, no, the Rock Pro sixty four is not much smaller than this, I think. But uh, yeah, it's the heat sink that's huge. <laughs> well, that's uh, encouraging. You know, I I, I like that. That is big. I didn't get to run it because I don't have the power supply because that yeah. is just due to be delivered to the UK. I could only order this on Amazon. But yeah, I mean, what it does, I think the processing power is not significantly. I think it's still it's like 1.8 gigahertz for cores and the two gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. So I mean, but this was 35 dollars so you know that's quite impressive for the price yeah so but we, you know uh, we'll need to see it working if it works then and they also supply it long term then probably you know it could be it could be a good thing and the other thing well which we'll need is a case actually so you know for the crypto cloaks <laughs> if we, if we, you tell <laughs> me it works first and then i'll start designing <laughs> You will, you will see it announced, I'm, I'm sure. All right, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Mine's supposed to arrive any day. Right. We'll see. But yes, so, so the platform is ready, actually. My, uh, that is just a pull request waiting, which introduces the like the x84 binaries, x sorry, x86 binaries to, to the rest of it. So during the SD card build if you are on an advanced mode and not just downloading the SD card image, you could build it up and then you will be build it up with all major platforms, including including this, but this takes the same software as my laptop or my or my PC would. Yeah. So um well that will be interesting. Yeah, that was the other thing that I liked about it was about that idea because there's so many different distros that you can you can run on it you can try on it you know yeah that one um does that does that one use like st would you be able to run let's say full standard windows on it or does it does it require the uh, the arm image i think it's not not arm so it's x86 so it's like Inter oh, yeah, it's an intel, right. atom, intel atom processor right uh, but uh i think it's still what it's what they provide is still a pre-built Ubuntu image. So yeah. I'm not sure if it's a standard, it's not running BIOS or like UEFI, 
You, you can run Windows on it, but why would you want to? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I was just saying because it, it runs a full OS, and I imagine the fullest OS is Windows. <laughs> no, it comes it comes with Lubuntu already installed on the on the EMMC. Okay, yeah, it's cool. a pre yeah, pre-built image, yes. From my experience, there are so many great ports out there, but it's, I don't know, every single port is lacking something. It's really, there's not the one perfect port. This is somewhat frustrating because there's so much great stuff with huge uh, ample power to run stuff, but all the time it's something is missing. So <laughs> I would really uh, like to um, see a full comparison on the Atom. I, I need to look into that. Sounds interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think the other, other very good alternative was the was the Thunderade, the the Odroid HC one, which is from Hard Kernel. That was a very nice board because it has a like a, a direct USB three to SATA connector inbuilt to the motherboard, but also it lacked. It has no display output, so there is no way to you know make it fully compatible to Raspberry Pi because you cannot do it, but. Yeah. But there is, there so with, is, with, with the Odroids, it was the same. It's like the HC1 or 2 um, was basically perfect, but it's like stripped bare without all the, the pins. Um, so there's that and no EMMC. And the XU4 is also is, is great again, has it's everything, okay. but no like direct um, SSD connector. So yes, it has a USB 3 actually too. To USB 3, so that's yeah. that's good. And well, that's my favorite at the moment. I have two of those, <laughs> and uh, trying to come up with a with a thing because we, we they sell a very nice um, SATA to USB connector with a display, which is called a Cloud Shell 2, which makes one available to run a run a RAID uh, and the display. In, in one box, so that's a great thing. That is actually here here behind me. It uh, has two 2.5 inch HDDs and the good old Raspberry display, but only 3.2 inch. So I'm, that's a good thing. Um, there is just more testing, and you know, um, maybe the RAID idea to be elaborated on a bit more. I think that will be that will be another future thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like to patch in uh, Raumi or Frankie, uh, just to maybe if you, if you know uh, if there's a problem if we on another board don't have the pins and we use my maybe an HDMI uh, uh, output or something. How uh, difficult it was, would it be to port stuff we have right now? Is it a big shift? Do, do you have did you have some insight in there? Uh, I actually have. Um, I, I bought, <laughs> I think, the wrong display from your shopping list uh, <laughs> at the beginning, and I have a, a 3.5-inch display that actually has an HDMI connector. So I'm, I have two blitzes. One is uh, the normal one, and the other one is connected via, um, via HDMI. So it's, it's no, it's, it's actually all completely the same. I don't. Uh, I personally don't have any experience with HDMI. Um, just a quick add, I have bought the right display, but I just can't get the touch display to run. And I believe now that 
I probably got off one of those defective ones. Uh, or I'm just too stupid to set it up. Maybe <laughs> someone who has struggled with that can give me a heads up here. But I have read that there were some faulty ones that were delivered. But now it's too too late to claim it. And uh, I think I just have to buy a new one that is not broken. <laughs> yeah. So um, to, to move uh, slightly away from the... Uh, the displays and the improvements. There was one question that I got from a lot of beginners, um, and it was it's, I think it's a very simple question. It actually goes both to um, to Rootsall and and to Staticus. Um, so, what is the difference between the the Raspy Blitz and and the Raspy Bolt? I mean, from what I can tell, it was just the matter of the setup. From what I did, I, I couldn't really tell much of a difference. Could either or both of you guys touch upon this? I guess it's a bit like I've described before. Um, my guide is more about the journey if you want to do everything yourself. And I guess in the beginning, they were mostly the same in the end. Yeah. But um, Rootsol now has leapfrogged me <laughs> by many months and years <laughs> by adding new stuff. I really have not like had the resources to focus that much on like building even more on that and i don't think it's actually like um, the right thing to do because it is a very limited setup so i guess mine is more about journey learning maybe first time the command line of linux having experience with the raspberry pi and actually like installing and very actually downloading and verifying software for the first time and somehow somehow get it to run and people that are more interested in just run it at all, or maybe even like long term with, with maintenance and updates that are provided, should probably go directly to the Raspberry Blitz. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good way to actually learn how to do command line and understand what you're kind of typing into the Raspberry Blitz setup and figuring out that whole command line. Because if I didn't even start with yours and then I had to do some things on the command line and Raspberry Blitz, I might have not had the best idea of exactly what I'm doing. So I think, I think both are good. Why don't you start learning all the basics of command line and how to enter it and what it all looks like. And then once you get that figured out, then scripts is really nice. You, it does it most of it for you. And then you just mess around a little bit in there. I think, I think you guys both did a good job there. Yeah. Um, physically, I think the, the difference is the, the Raspberry Blitz started with an LCD from the beginning. So the Raspberry Bolt is a, is a tutorial not having the LCD on there. So, um, that's that's the kind of from the hardware feature i think that's that's the most different but if you already had the recipe bolt running you can just order the lcd or you can even run the recipe blitz without an lcd this is always possible but it makes it a little bit more manual worky to get some stuff going um and yeah and then from from the basic feature set in the beginning it was very very similar because it was just kind of taking the scripts and then here and there modifying stuff but then in the end and end it more and more stuff came, came together. So there's a background process that's running, there's all the setup in the beginning, the torrent downloads. And, and uh, so so I think this is the, the recipe blitz is more like a educational package to go because then you, you can concentrate a little bit more on on uh, running your lightning, lightning node and managing your lightning node. 
um, but also getting at least an experience how it is to to, to take care about uh, a server like a little that you have next to you and in kind of what well, at least at least the basics some power backups some some good power supply and all just those kind of lessons backups to backups and all this stuff so so these are kind of the lessons that you can learn very quickly with with the, with the recipe blitz but for sure if you really want to see how it started how it's all working together the command line uh, needs to be your territory and this is something you very bad learn with, with, with the recipe bowl because if you we so it's what you can do is kind of if you have a longer weekend maybe start with the recipe bolt and then if you say okay I, I then kind of switch over if you just have kind of a short weekend to go um, then maybe really take take the recipe blitz and then go go from there cool thank you um, okay we're gonna uh... I'm actually going to ask uh, one question for Rami, which I, I think you may have already answered, but um, people want to know, like, how, how long are they going to have to wait for that touchscreen integration? <laughs> that one I got actually from quite a few people from different groups. So, Well, I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm the, the go-to guy for that, because <laughs> in the end, it's, it's Christian's decision there, but I'm... I totally think that we need those two or three buttons for the main, um, for the most important things. We still have to decide on that. I'm not really sure if we need a button for a new invoice or something because typing in um, the amount and stuff that can be pretty tedious, yeah. but shutting it down in a safe way should be really a one button thing because maybe I'm not the only one that had trouble SSHing into that box and, and really shutting it down in a proper way and some people might not be that experienced with uh, with linux and uh, so we need a button for that um i think it shouldn't be too hard if we can really travel that route um with the chromium or an epiphany browser in a um in an x server without a window manager i'm, I'm not talking the headless thing that um that creates images um but uh, like I said, I, I couldn't get my own display to, to run with the touch display. I couldn't calibrate it and stuff. It didn't respond to anything. So like I said, I have to buy a new one and give it a new shot. Uh, and then I'm, I'm really motivated to try it. And then I need some help from you guys to uh, help me measure how much uh, RAM it really takes. Um, because I don't want to slow down the whole box just to uh, display a few fancy images and buttons. Um, but then we can do that with, uh, with an HTML page. Uh, and it can look really nice. Um, I think uh, if we not use the HTML language, but the SVG language, we can uh, do that with uh, vector graphics. I, I really like uh, making fancy displays and, and have it look nice. I have put up some uh, some nice pictures uh, with a battery image and uh, a hard drive image that can show you in a diagram how full the hard drive is and how hot it is with a, therm a thermometer. And so it looks kind of neat. I don't know if that's just playful stuff, but I think I believe if, if you take one glimpse at it. OK. I can. Oh yeah, everybody else is moving, so I think uh, we have a still. Oh yeah, I think his. Uh, yeah, I think. I think his stream is gone, possibly. 
Yeah. So um, maybe to 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 jump in there uh, um, in, in between is what we always can do is like I can if you if there is a script for a prototype I can add this to a next release kind of thing and then people can maybe very easily that are interested activate it and and really make experience with it and 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 then when, if it works fine we can really make it more easy to have it on by default if it's uh, or something like that. So there's always this kind of way that we can put the script or something to install it, to make something run uh, to, to the to, to next release. So everybody else can very easily try it out, but just maybe go into the terminal, run a script or or even um, have it on a service menu, just 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 turn it on. And and then really reporting back the experiences and then we can finally decide if it's, if it's worse to do it, to keep it, or is it, to optimize or is it to go to, to to go a different route so we can always experiment a little bit so it's so if you have a weekend or something so Raumi, i hope uh the, the lcd will work soon so that we can get some basic setup even if it's not perfect and and, and the beautiful thing that you that you get you're aiming for i hope you hear this later on oh now he's gone maybe coming back let's see and uh, and and then we we can try it out and and just give it a run a test run on the memory and and see uh, how it's working and this is really for when people say when lcd or when lcd touch or something um i i really hope that we can very early give you something that you can just switch on and try out and and then it's your turn to give us feedback if that's the way we, we need to go or if we need to take a different direction there yeah christian maybe we can can schedule a follow-up call maybe you me and Raumi, then we can can maybe make some decisions for what we would like to have in a pilot, kind of in a, in a beta mm -hmm. or whatever. And then, uh, maybe I find some time to maybe do a kind of proof of concept or whatever, or extend the proof of concept that I have already. Yeah, um, just just add some note into a GitHub issue because this, those are the those ones I'm most following. This is kind of I, my to do list, so I don't forget about it. Um, so yeah, write something down, post post the stuff you have, and then just request uh, that that we set up some some small call or some coordination. I can maybe add some um, additional perspective to the screen. Um, I really think it's very important to have the screen. I actually forgot that mine doesn't have anyone and you had it from the beginning. Um, this is um, why we, when building the, the Bitbox base, we will definitely have a screen and we will also have like, I think communicating to the user what the current status is, is very important. So we will have like an LED, an RGB LED that is like green or red, just like indicating, okay, everything's fine you don't need to worry or um, then I also have a screen with dedicated buttons that will also have like LEDs um, in it just to make some possible like shutdown or create a new invoice or stuff like that possible it's for, for me it's it's also important but to remember that um, the screen is it, coming from the Linux is, is an untrusted screen so we will include like a full um, like hardware wallet into the Bitbox space. So we'll have a, like a, a trusted screen that can display like QR codes coming directly from a um, secure device. And I think when displaying like QR codes or stuff that is like correlated with Bitcoin transactions, it's just important to, to have, take um, into consideration that if you have like something not working or a little bit malicious in it, it can really fool you very easily. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, 
Okay, so this question actually, I I don't know who um, it would be best for. So if if you've got you know if you've got some information on this, chime in. But um, on Twitter, Seth five eight six asked, "What are the resilient and redundant file system options for a Raspberry Pi?" My own research says this is a tough platform for such features, but I would love to know if I'm wrong. And I have to say, I I personally I haven't even attempted to do any redundancy options because I'm afraid to mess with the power, you know? So I, I haven't even tried to add a secondary SSD or, or anything like that. So if anybody else would like to chime in. I might um, start this off with an unpopular um, opinion that this is not like the route to go at all. Um, I think the main issue with redundant um, I, th I see two uh, reasons to have redundant um, storage. One is that, that LND, now it has backups, but it's, it's a little bit rudimentary, but at least we, we did not have any backups um, before version 0 0.6. So that's a huge issue and reason for having the need to redundant backup because you will lose all your funds if the hard disk dies. And the second one is if you ha have like a more uh, advanced setup for example, as an API backend or like for a backend for a web store or something like that, um, you really want to have high reliability. But then it's my own opinion that like a Raspberry Pi or even like a, a small dedicated device is really not the option to go because it has so many single point of failures, like the power supply. If, if the device dies, your web shop, web shop is down. So this is really not something that I think is very nice. In my opinion, we really need to have software that does not rely on like redundant storage that where you can take sporadic backups. Um, we're getting there, but I'm not sure that like doing all these rate configurations on low powered, low cost hardware is really the way to go. Cool, thank you. Does anybody else want to add to that? Maybe yeah. I can add something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you go. <laughs> okay. Um, I I have some personal um, experience with running a Raspberry Pi um, for for backups for um, some important files of mine that I want um, at a at a different place. So um, I have a ButterFS system set up on a Raspberry Pi. Um, it's even an older. Raspberry Pi, so it doesn't even have as much power. I have two real hard drives in there, and uh, and it work, works quite well. And I can take snapshots of that, and uh, it, it really uh, does a lot of the wonders that ButterFS or all copy-on-write file systems can do. And um, we were discussing that in the past, that maybe ButterFS together with two SSD um, like two uh, USB sticks in there might be the way to go because then you could take a, a snapshot and then send that with ButterFS sent and ButterFS received to a different offsite backup place. I know I, I, I kind of understand what you say, Stelikos. I, I wouldn't run a company on a, on a Raspberry Pi. It's still, a, it's still a hobbyist project for that. But I myself, I have lost like 20 bucks on it. Uh, because I was too stupid, uh, I just unplugged it, <laughs> and uh, then I had corrupted my money. Multiple times. Me too. 
Yes. So that's how you learn. I, I never did anything on testnet, not even with Bitcoin. And uh, lessons learned, and it cost me money. Um, <laughs> so, but I think that might be a way to go. And I think the Raspberry Pi might be able to do that if we use uh, ButterFS. Yeah, I, I think that, so that uh, device I've, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, that device I've just shown you is, is actually running ButterFS. And it's just, you know, that would be another kind of logic to be involved in the, in the, um, in the, in the Raspberry Blades that we actually could switch over to have the BetterFS as the default file system instead of the ext4 uh, for the HDD, and then it would be very easy to just put another HDD on. For example, I've, I have this you know very cheap thing, which is actually a RAID, a USB RAID thing. You can put two two and a half inch HDD or SSD in it, and it has a like an ESAT port, and also, it's dedicated power supply, so that's not an issue anymore, especially if you're able to connect it to a USB 3, right, which is not on the Pi, but on, on other things there is. And um, you just do, do a software RAID uh, with BetterFS, and then you have all these options for like snapshots and possibly, you know, better speed as well. Uh, I think that's Yes, not not for like uh, you know a big application backend, but for for example, running a, a routing node, a routing lightning routing node, uh, even a bit of downtime would cause difficulties for people who are who are connected to you, uh, you know, making payments f fail and things like that. And also, if you lose your blockchain, that might be you know even a longer downtime. So I think it would be very good to have an option to 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 do it. And then having an easy option to just, you know, if you want, you can just plug in another HDD or another SSD and just run a comment that now I'm mirroring my hard drive on it is, is actually possible, I think. Do you have BTC pay server on that one box behind you? Can you run no, it? No, I, no, I didn't, didn't play with, uh, with BTC pay server yet because it seems like it has its own Kind of infrastructure which wouldn't be seamlessly integrating to the rest of it, but you know, I think you know, it's just a question of time. I think we'll look into it. Yeah. I want more info on that at the end of this, by the way. My <laughs> box looks awesome, it does. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me let me wrap this up. So just just to give a little bit outlook, what's what's also what's coming up in the next release. I hope so. So it uh, data integrity, so that we really keep our data safe, is, uh, and, and that we don't lose our funds. Is 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 I think the very important phase we're in right now in, in improving. So I think the, the, in, the, in the end, the recipe blitz I see it in three phases. The first thing was we to get it running so that it's there for education so people can can play with it. Then I think the second phase is where we're in right now is now to, to get it more stable, to make it more reliable, to have the backup stuff and, and all this in there. So that's at least as safe you can get in this price area to provide some solutions. And then in the next kind of phase, we can, we, we can, we can really then go into the user interface optimization uh, 
and and really look at uh, the, the service displays and and, and the, the service demons and and to to make it more easier on then on the on, on really to build on this platform and to to reuse it a little bit more for non-technical people and and I think we're here in this, this the second phase and the last release was very important especially with the LND now with the channel backup file uh, just maybe to give give a background that maybe not everybody saw this this feature. At the moment, the, 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 it's the 1.2 uh, version of, of Recipe Blitz has the LND so, uh, um, 0.6. So this is when, when you update your Recipe Blitz, it produces automatically this channel backup file. This channel backup file at least helps you in, in a kind of emergency together with your seed to recover your, your channel funds. It will not save your complete channels. It needs to, it, on a recovery case, it will close the channels down, but then you will be able to recover the uh, the channel funds so at least most of your funds because you've paid some fees in the process whatever but at least most of your funds can be secured um, what the recipe blitz is doing uh, on top to to help you on, on 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 this feature is that it automatically detects when this file is changing because the backup file is always changing the channel backup file is always changing when you open up a channel when you close a channel the recipe blitz will recognize the change and make a copy to the sd card so you have at least already and the, that's that's on board you don't have to switch anything on when you back up and when you upgrade to the new recipe blitz 1.2 this will do it for you so when you age when your hard drive dies you find this file on the H, uh, on the sd card at least you can even go a step further with, with the new version there's uh, but you have to uh, configure it manual you can say i want to make a remote backup of this of this uh, channel backup file for example if if this if the device gets lost so somebody steals it or, or some something like that but you have your seat then you have your re on your remote backup like you can use dropbox at the moment if you don't like dropbox you can use your own server with scp so there are these two options to make uh, an automatic re remote backup so if your recipe blitz gets stolen and you have your seat and you have your channel backup file on a remote server you can try then to recover Cover the funds. So this is at least the. Uh, so I think the very for me it was a very important improvement on the last version. On the next version, exactly we want to go to this topic to to uh, how do you secure your data a little bit more with redundancy? And this is the the point where the ButterFS uh, experimentation comes in. And instead of going on adding a two a second HDD, uh, what would be kind of a cost factor by I think at least 50 euros or something roundabout you, 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 you're adding to the project. Um, the idea is really going with the, what is the most valuable data we have? It's the L&D directory with all your channel data and all, all the backups. So that's the thing you want to secure the most. And this is normally just some hundred megabytes, whatever. If you build a lot of channels up, it may go to a gigabyte not sure but you're not you're in the gigabyte areas not in the terabyte area so so what what you can do is really like this small usb uh some drives is really small and very cheap so you get starting like four euros or something you just take two of them and then you then you edit them you have to do the hard drive there but then you add two of those little boys over there and it really just fits into the form factor it's very it's not it, it, it really I think it looks nice so and then you have a, then they have it you on, on this both some drives you have a butter fs uh, rage setup and and there you can store then the recipe bits will store there your lnd data and i and i hope this is like at least on a on a small price uh, it will hopefully uh, add, add a little bit more security and redundancy to your data storage 
of course, if you lose your, if you have a data corruption on the blockchain, this can mean some downtime, but it's not the valuable data because it's the data you can get back from the network somehow. Uh, so I think the really the most data we need to protect in the next step is LND data. And I hope to get this with the next release out there. There's already a little testing script, but I have to improve on that. Um, I think it will be ButterFS. I was shortly thinking about ZFS, but ZFS is a little bit more harder to set up. So it's not that easy to set up. So more things can be done wrong in the setup. And also there's some licensing stuff I was seeing that needs to be agreed or something. So ButterFS seems to be, first of all, I hear good experience from, from you. That's, that's a good sign. And on the other thing, it comes very naturally with the, with the Respian. Uh, set up so from from the repositories from the Respian, so I think it's a good good thing to to install and have it easy integrated. So uh, free to add, I'm, I'm free to any comments here. So to, because this is the kind of very next release planning I'm on. So if anybody wants to add on that, please feel free to to add here. Awesome. So so yes, I, yes, I think uh, you know obviously that is a great development and you know i will be you know obviously using it as soon as it is available and i also tested it to be honest that uh, that uh, script um and I, just to add to zfs it is the problem main problem with it is that it's very ram intensive so you would need to have you know multitudes of even four gigabytes wouldn't be enough for zfs so I think that's the minimum requirement actually for four gigabytes. So you know, it's, it's not in question for like for the for the Raspberry Pi, especially. The other thing, which I like to add, that as we are starting with the the better FS, it would be. Uh, I just think that it would be a very good option to have the actual file system overall everywhere on on the HDD and the and the. Um, thumb drives as well because then we have we have the options to you know to move to mirror actual small partitions we could have like a small partition on with the lnd mirrored onto one usb drive only we wouldn't even need two of those and uh, also as i said we would have the option just to as easy as that to connect another hdd if someone would want to and and have another mirror of that as well uh, needs testing, of course. <laughs> Thanks. One Thanks additional for comment. Um, the discussion has now been mostly about LMD. Sea Lightning currently does not have any um, backup, but it's uh, they're working on it. Rusty is working on it to actually implement um, DB uh, hooks directly at DB level. So I think with the next release, it's planned 0.71 or so. There might be already a backup solution also for Sea Lightning. And this, of, of course, is very important. But then you can just like, just take this one little thing like the channel backup backups with LND, and put it somewhere, be it on the SD card or the EMMC or on the hard disk. Um, the blockchain itself is like, public and can all the time be uh, replicated anyway, but if, if you have enough power to download it again. Thank you. Just, just one comment on that. Uh, we are also working on uh, integrating or creating an integrated solution on static channel backups uh, in Ride the Lightning as well. Oh, cool. 
Thank you. That was actually one of the questions, Salvi. That, that was actually uh, one of the questions we got as well was to have a, uh, a backup method through the web UI, you know, yeah. so that they could just back it up to whatever computer they're logged into at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. so Raspberry Blades and Noddle, they have implemented and they are implementing uh, the native solutions at a hardware level, right? Uh, but uh, solutions like BTC Pay Server may need the solution that we will provide for backing up, uh, you know, LND channels. Okay, cool. So, so guys, um, it, it's we we blew through these two hours really, really fast because it's a lot of people. Um, I mean, I we can definitely can. I do have some more questions if you guys are interested in in keeping on going. But I'm also ready. You know, I understand. You know, it's everybody's all over the world and it's kind of late. So if you guys want to wrap up, we can, you know, we can get started with your, you know, if you have any final thoughts and I'll, I'll go from right to left this time. So the same people aren't stuck waiting again. <laughs> sure. Staticus, Should I go first? Oh, I have a question real quick. Staticus, what's the reason that you went with C Lightning instead of LND? I'm just curious. Um, when we looked at all the possible solutions and I've been working with all of them. We really liked how stable and like server focused Sea Lightning is. Um, in my opinion, LND is a little bit more desktop oriented, but it's also a great solution, but it's not as um, you cannot like it's hard to describe in clear words. Sea Lightning is very granular. It has like this modular approach all the services are like very clearly separated and you can actually swap them out just for example that there's a hsm module taking care of all the private keys and stuff you can just swap that out and maybe later replace with a hardware device this is what we really really liked and it's extremely efficient it takes less ram more tests than lnd do you think with your experience with with the Pi and yeah, on Sea Lightning, I just wanted to add that we are also looking to extend uh, RTL to Sea Lightning. So right That's now, cool. at this point, we are working on creating the API layer uh, so that uh, RTL can communicate with Sea uh, Lightning. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a learning curve. Sea uh, Lightning is a little difficult to learn, <laughs> and given that I had a lot of familiarity with LND. So then kind of unlearning a little bit of LND and learning C Lightning. So but yeah, we are working on creating extending RTL UI to C Lightning as well. Cool. Sorry, putting C putting C Lightning in to uh, Raspberry Raspberry Blitz, choosing one or the other, that'd be too difficult, eh, Christian? Yeah, it's uh it's, it's at the moment it's very kind of uh, hard coded on the LND. Uh, with all its special kind of things. If somebody comes up with a with an abstraction layer, um, that would make it easy. But I think this is something everybody dreams about, but nobody does. Sure. Um, on, on the other side, the uh, maybe when we go a little bit into the abstraction areas a little bit, like with the info service or something, then you can maybe think from the beginning in, in making it a little bit more easier so that other other scripts kind of just get to get their info from the info service and then the info service just has to maybe see if, if there's something to do but in the end it's it's a dream that i also had to make it both ways but it's it's hard to do and a lot of time consuming so at the, in the moment i think it's good to concentrate on the lnd development and and if there's somebody wants to put a lot of time on it we can we can see maybe to to to, to get it done but 
I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit, yeah. One, yeah. One feature, one feature I would like to highlight is that I really love the C Lightning server plugins. They have a very nice way to extend functionality directly on the command line. So you, at the moment we're using a Prometheus plugin, so that allows us to co collect all the metrics directly from C Lightning without having any other external program. And there's also a lot of work going on for more intelligent autopilots that you can just plug it, use, uh, just you pick one and run it as a plugin. So this is very cool. That's the approach that C Lightning took. Cool. One last question, if I if I could, uh, Staticus. So what's the problem with the Docker? Why, like what you you said you said something about it has problems or? Well, I don't think there's real problems. Um, I mean, they allow for abstraction um, to have like clearly defined modules of programs working together, but you have no like um, guarantee that your overall system is in a consistent state. So what we like to do is to have everything completely like in one big image, right? Not like in multiple images. And what Docker definitely does not like uh, improve is security because all the Docker stuff runs as root. So it's a little bit of a mixed, a mixed sort. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, somebody had asked about Docker. So thank you very much for uh, for answering that. I appreciate it. So um, if uh, if there's no uh, if there's no further questions here, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up, and uh, I'm gonna go from uh, you know from uh, right to left on my end. So Sa uh, Salbi, if you have uh, if you have any final thoughts before we uh, before we part, I just wanted to give uh, an idea of what we are working on right now on LND front. Uh, we are working on uh, actually uh, extending the life cycle of uh, node onboarding to include the initial init wallet as well so that you know uh, keys can be generated to rtl uh, and uh, then we are going to move to uh, static channel backups uh, and then we'll uh, next on the list will be loop out um, and then we will continue to improve our ui in general and in parallel we are also trying to work on creating uh, extending rtl ui to c lightning and trying to create feature parity uh, between both the implementations so that's uh, that's what's coming on RTL. Very cool. Thank you very much again for your time and for being here. I really appreciate your contribution. And um, all right, Staticus, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah. Um, I think my last hint would be to for people to check out the project I'm currently working on, the Bitbox Base. You can find it definitely on Twitter or through Shift Crypto security one of the main things we're currently exploring besides the like the, the the node itself is how to create additional use cases for an integrated hsm so that you can actually have it's it's not definitely not cold storage so it's it's not like a replacement for your ledger or bitbox or whatever but to have a more secure way of keeping funds for some time, maybe together with BTC pay server or something like that. 
and automatically signing transactions, for example, to send them to Bitcoin to an exchange or to other whitelisted addresses or to top up automatically your mobile wallet, stuff like that. This is something that I'm very excited about. Cool. Thank you. Um, Frankie, do you have anything uh, you want to finish with? Uh, I'm not sure whether this was mentioned uh, before. There is this hack day coming up, right? I didn't know about it. <laughs> I'm just looking into hotels for in that's in Germany in Munich in two weeks, right? If somebody can add, I, I don't know about it, so I apologize. Uh, definitely, I'm I'm going to be there as well, and I that's a good reminder. I don't have a hotel yet. <laughs> So it's probably time to start looking for Airbnb or a hotel. Thanks. I think it's 1st and 2nd of June in Munich, Lightning Hack Day, organized by Fulmo. And it's awesome. Again, if you pay with Lightning, it's only 5 euros. If you pay on-chain, it's 50 euros. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Right, I think That's they, really cyberpunky. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be there. Ah, yeah, cool. I, I will be, and I think you know BTC Socialist should you know just maybe t tell us about a bit how what preparations he is doing for the actual uh, workshop there because that's uh, you know it's very much based on Raspberry Blitz, isn't it? Yeah. So um, uh, Christian's asked me to because um, he's not going to be able to attend, so he's asked me and a couple of others to help out on the on the on the Blix um, uh, hack hack desk. Um, so uh, it's been really informative, you know, watching watching you guys talk. And um, uh, we're going to, um, Christian. I think quite an important part of the, the Raspberry Blitz project is the the um, the part of the project which encourages people to set up their own workshops. Um, and then Christian's got some excellent materials for that uh, on the on the Raspberry Blitz um, on GitHub as well. And that really helps sort of spread, you know, uh, blitzers out there in, into the world. So I'm going to be helping on the desk um, in in Munich. And then um, I'm going to be running that same tutorial in San Francisco uh, Bitcoin conference. And then again in Transylvania um, at the Transylvania uh, crypto conference, I think it's called. And there's another conference in Birmingham as well, where I'm going to be running it as well. So that's a lot of new lightning nodes into the hands of people. And I'm not I'm not the most technically proficient person, um, you know, but I can get my head around, around, around building a blitz. Um, and kind of point people in the right direction on that on that on that front. And I think the important part is that um uh with um uh, lightning full nodes um is uh or just engaging with lightning like engaging with bitcoin is you've got sort of a vast spectrum um of use cases and of people who want you know a, a node for different purposes and you know my man down the road running a coffee shop he may just want you know something like open node or strike where he can just you know Give up this, the, the security of, of, of letting someone else manage the, the, the lightning payments and then concatenate to into a, a mainnet you know ledger wallet or something um hardware wallet um and then you can have someone then with a you know a, a, a raspberry blitz at home and um, which they've they've built and i think that for me the the the, the we need you need we obviously need to have a solution on, on, a, on a raspberry pi because it's the most used board out there and it's got such a vast array of of um of support and a uh, big community on the internet and you know i was just talking listening to you guys talk about um the ability to have a power off button um, i swear i've seen like an lcd screen with with buttons on it physical buttons on it so i'm going to um, buy one of those and see if i can sort of integrate something there or or maybe do some the gpios just to make just to pop in a little physical off button because that would be useful um uh so so yeah i mean i i i think there's like a vast spectrum of 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 um of use cases of, of people being and i think we need we need like you know 
people engaging with Lightning and with Bitcoin on all platforms. Um, uh, and um, the, the, uh, the better we can kind of complement each other and help each other out on, on the different platforms, uh, the better really. But no, I'm really looking forward to Munich. And um, yeah, if you're going, uh, if you go on the, the, the Lightning uh, Hack Day, um, uh, website. If you Google it, if you Google uh, Munich Lightning Hack Day, you should find it. Um, on there, there is the ability to be able to pay for the components, so you can build your Raspberry Blitz as well. Um, uh, and yeah, so really looking forward to it. And it's it's a great honor to be asked to, to help out on the desk. Really cool. That's awesome. Um, okay, so here we're gonna go to uh, Rick from uh, Crypto Cloaks. Any uh, any final thoughts? Any closing uh, closing ideas? Yeah, uh, please don't make any major changes to the outside of the Raspi Blitz and add stuff because we'll have to redesign the case again. <laughs> Just kidding. Either way, I'll I'll do it. Um, I'm going to get that open source case working on it, and then I'll start talking with Christian about that and get it up on GitHub. It'll take me a while, but I think if I just make a simple one, we can go from there. I think people will ha be happy. And that way, maybe at Hackadays, you can set up a 3D printer, and you can just print the cases to show people. I don't know if that would be an option. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, the only question I have is, is there ever going to be an option for one-click updates on the Raspi Blitz to make it super easy so I don't have to take out the SD card or anything like that? That would be really handy. <laughs> yep, I definitely agree. Uh, Rootsall, you have a do you have a a comment to that before we uh, we move on? Yeah, the the, the updating thing is uh, I know there's the idea if you just click once and then it gets from GitHub or it gets from your server the new version or something. Uh, yeah, I I really like to to, to keep it a little bit more more playing with the SD card at the moment because it's it's the most flexible way and it is more the more secure way and people have to learn how the, how they at you have to be able to exchange your SD card and this is something that needs training and this this is a minimum requirement at least if you run a run a service that you're able to refresh your SD card so i hope i know it maybe you can make a reckless something uh, button service at one point but uh, not from my side. Somebody else has to make a pull request. <laughs> Thank By you. the way, uh, crypto cloaks. I'm really looking forward to that pirate uh, pirate case. Yes, <laughs> that's an awesome idea. Thanks. The pirate case, the, the pirate chain came to me, and I know everybody doesn't like shit coins or whatnot, but that's what I do. I, I design cases for everybody's projects, so that's that's my passion. And that pirate chest, I think, is going to be pretty sweet. It's a Rock 64 board inside, so I think. When you guys implement on different boards or infrastructure or whatnot, you can we can maybe take that case or we can do whatever with it. Really, It'd be awesome. Cool. The Rock sixty four is the exactly same form factor as the as the Raspberry Pi, so it should just work. Ah, uh, there's a couple little differences. The the hole on the one of the uh, what what uh, input is it? There's a couple different inputs, and then on the back there's one USB three instead of uh, two USB twos. So it's it's minor changes to the cases, but there are there are some differences. And I believe on the back of the Rock 64 board, there's an RFID that needs to be visible, so that way you can use that too. But yeah, they're pretty much the same form factor. They're small, just a minor changes. Okay, I think we should have the party chest available for all right, the rest of right. we'll work on it. I'll make sure I'm not doing anything against the pirate chain, but yeah, I can bring a separate chest to it and we can have a little mini pirate chest for lightning anyway. So <laughs> Yes. Um thank you very much, Rick. Um 
Frankie, you uh, sorry, uh, Romy, do you have anything to add? Well, <clears throat> not wanting to go into detail and not wanting to blow the scope here, but <laughs> what I think is really important, um, what do you guys all think? When will we get the killer app? Um, I think I compare this to, to the rise of the internet and how I have been telling people when I was a lot younger in the 90s that this will be a big thing. And I remember that my dad was all, no, I'm never going to send an email and all that kind of stuff. And I was telling him about POP3 services, SMTP service, TCP IP, and all that stuff. And he said, that's too technical. I will never do that. And then we had this one moment. We were uh, on vacation in Canada. Um, we met a couple people there that took a picture of us. And then the, the guy asked me, are you on the internet? And I was like, yes. He said, do you have an email? I said, yes. So we exchanged emails. And then when we got back to Germany, I got a picture by email of us standing at this place, you know? And my dad was like, wow, this is really useful. So that was like my moment where the internet, something was, was finally something real, something I was talking about. And I'm, I'm wondering when will we have this with lightning? You know, we, we are all talking about this theoretical thing, but when will I pay for reading a newspaper article without seeing um, advertisement or what do you guys think? Are, are we close to this moment? I think I'll, I'll, can I, I'll start real quick. I think BTC socialist is, has it right on the head where all his little point of sale apps or point of sale, uh, devices, I think that's where it's going to really start. If you go to the coffee shop down the road and all of a sudden they start accepting lightning payments. Well, I think it starts small like that. You have a little device there and it slowly builds from that. And I think that's honestly one of the first stepping stones that we really build off of. Yeah, I think, um, I think if I, if I can just chime in, um, I think that, uh, uh, not that lightning is the killer app, but I remember trying to explain Bitcoin to people, um, before being able to have, you know, microtransactions, super fast microtransactions, and you'd explain it to censorship resistant and financial self sovereignty, blah, 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 or, and don't trust a third party. All these things would be very much value, but they would be like, eh, eh, eh. And then, um, that whole bunch of, you know, th those people, um, as soon as, you know, you'd be able to go, uh, someone built Satoshi's, um, uh, place and you, you have yours and, um, and, and those applications. And I was able to show them like a microtransaction over the internet, like, and it's settling instantly. Um, they all, you know, at that point they all went, whoa, and they, they understand the power of it. So, um, this, I think for me, that was what made lightning, it has made lightning exciting. Is it, is it for normal people now? Like this, this, this is a technology where it actually outcompetes with the current, um, uh, 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 payment uh, uh, networks. So I think that not that Lightning is the, the the killer app, but I think it will it will create some use cases um, which uh, the the current you know um, uh, financial networks just can't facilitate, and then that they will then be the the killer apps. Um, I'm quite interested in just as an example, like vending machines in in countries. So if you have a country with someone like Venezuela, and you can't have something like a vending machine or an arcade machine because you need to keep changing the amount of money you need to put in, then something like you know, that vendor, that merchant could could start implementing you know, lightning payments into their into their machines, and then uh, suddenly, you know, that's like a, a viable business um, uh, to, to to put up these you know these these vending machines or something. So I think it's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be um, it's gonna allow some use case which will then so it's, which will then create you know this this sort of killer app. But I think lightning kind of is almost the the, the killer app of Bitcoin. If that makes sense. 
I'm not sure if there's going to be one killer app. I guess we could fill a whole new podcast with that topic. For me, the key element is to have like permissionless innovation, innovation at the edges and not from a centralized uh, point in, well, in the middle. Um, so it's, it can be little things and it will differ better. We're talking about first world countries or third world countries or like hardware applications or online stuff. I think it will just seep into society. This is my opinion. I don't think there needs to be just one big moment. Um, the killer application of, let's say, blockchain, in my opinion, is money. So Bitcoin is the killer, is, is already the killer application. That's just going to be a lot of different um, in, uh, variations in kind of medium or use cases from that, but doesn't need to be one one big one. Cool. And, and I do agree, BTC is the killer app. But um, okay, so next up for uh, for final thoughts is uh, Rootsall. You have anything to uh, to close out with? Uh, yeah, just just to let know, um, I will be not on the hack day in Munich, so I'm a fa- I have a family event. So I'm really sad that I'm missed now to to see you all, uh, at least people that are coming. But um, I want to mark you one uh, date in your calendar. It's the October the 19th and the 20th. Uh, there will be the lightning conference uh, elizabeth stark announced it at in in new york week and we will have people from lightning labs from from sea lightning uh blockstream and and a song and, and even from japan i think again so i think this will be the kind of conference around lightning uh, in october and of course uh, the recipe blitz and and having your note and all the stuff and all you two would be so great to have you there uh, if you have if, if the tick if, if, i hope there will be cheap tickets too for for, for people that want to hack out i think there will be some expensive tickets for people that want to do the fancy conference uh, vip stuff don't know but i think this will be i hope in october Everything will come together, and we uh, and I want to see you all there. That would be great. <laughs> and and this and this is New York. Sorry, no, uh, Berlin. Oh, Berlin. Berlin. Okay, cool. I know. <laughs> That's okay. That's still cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. BTC socialist. We we got a lot of your final thoughts already, but uh, do you have anything else that you want to add before we uh, before we move on? Uh, no, not not uh, not really. I mean, just that um, uh, to just to encourage education and to encourage the sort of wider community to start experimenting with um, uh, with with uh, you know implementing implementing Lightning and and also building services which then utilize Lightning as well. Um, looking forward to the Hack Day. Um, looking forward to October. That is also going to be amazing. And um, uh, yeah, just looking forward to sort of spreading the word and then um, uh, encouraging more people to experiment with building their own nodes and yeah, building uh, building. Make, get, make making the lightning network bigger. Very cool. Thank you. All right, fluid voice. You're you're up. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I don't have too much. Just uh, I'm hoping that, that that we can get more APIs built on top, like things even on top of lightning that makes it easier for programmers to build apps. I mean, we're talking about wanting the killer app, but it's you know it's still extremely difficult, right? And we can see even L- even Lightning is still maturing with getting backups, and you know. So even I think we're still a little a little early, but you know, I think 
you know, we, we've heard of things of like, for example, the attention economy, right? And I look at, at lightning and micropayments as being able to enable this attention economy where people can get paid small bits, you know, satoshis for their attention instead of the, instead of the, you know, the advertising model, right? So, but I think it's going to take some time. We need more APIs to make it easier, more programmers. Yep. I definitely agree with that, uh, with that assessment. And uh, thank you very much. So uh, finally here, uh, we've got open noms. Do you have any, uh, any final thoughts you want to leave us with before we close out this, uh, this call? Well, yes, well, thank you. You know, I enjoy, enjoyed a lot meeting you all and speaking about all these ideas. And I think I just had, a, had an information that uh, Ruth saw you might be coming to, to London on the 10th of July, that's right. So it may be together with BTC Socialist, the, you know, show off some technology, I think. <laughs> so it will be, yeah, if not that, then in October, it will be very nice to see. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say that, um, can you hear me? You can hear me, can you? Um, yeah, no, uh, Christian's coming over and then we're going to go to, um, to to London and we're going to be running a Blitz tutorial. And then we're also going to bring some some devices as well. So one of the things I'm working on is like a, an arcade machine, which is going to be uh, interacting with, um, with you know, Lightning. And then um, I'll bring all the, the sort of points of sale and sweet machines and all that stuff as well. And people can see some hardware devices retrofitted. Um, uh, so yeah, that... Um, uh, so that should be fun as well. That should be fun. And that's, um, that's, that's on the 10th. That is yeah. very cool. Oh, sorry. When are you guys all coming to Minneapolis? Any, anytime <laughs> around, please come to Minneapolis. Awesome. Or New York. <laughs> or Boston. <laughs> all right, guys. So if, uh, if we don't have anything else, I just want to, I want to thank everybody very much for all of your time. It's been two and a half hours. I've, I've probably never had so much raspy blitz lightning node knowledge crammed into such a, such a short period of time with so many experts on so many different pieces of it. It's absolutely incredible. And I really think the listeners are going to enjoy it. So I'm going to let you guys have the rest of your night. Thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks, that was man. awesome. Thank you very much. Right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed our roundtable. I learned all kinds of stuff, and it just, I, I'm already excited about Bitcoin, anyways, and Lightning. So, this just helped to add to that. So, I'm going to put uh, everybody's uh, Twitter information in the, uh, in the show notes. If you want to reach me, I can be found at CoinIcarus on Twitter and Telegram. If you want to reach me by email, it's funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you all next time.